Jams Jams, a Screamo podcast. Here we go, episode 12. Um, and this is going to be a good one, I think, tonight. Joined, as always, by um, Dave. How are you, my friend? Which one? There's two, mate. Well, there is two. Um, the, the, the OG one? The real? The OG. The, the real Dave? The, the, the guy with the Run the Jewels t-shirt on? Scrammerai Pizza Cats. I'm um, saying that now because I might not be able to say it later on. <laughs> Welcome. And um, David McLaughlin, how are you? I'm good. La- <laughs> last week, um, so um, Dave came in from San Francisco a little over a week ago. He joined us last week on the podcast and I um, spoke about how happy I was to have him here. Delighted to like see him and everything. And With we that pained grimace. It's a week down the line, man, and I couldn't give a shit about the guy. <laughs> Sick him. You must have been surprised when I just showed up. Hi, <laughs> <Aye>, uninvited. Um, <laughs> oh, no. And the man that holds it all together, Mark Finney, how you doing, my friend? My goodness. Mark Konnichiwa, Tommy Gatto. <laughs> <laughs> Um, What's popping, you specky Rodney? <laughs> Don't call me a specky Rodney, mate, or you will. I led you. Well, you know that I will had the old Spectrons back in the day. I feel you. You, you will be dead, and that will be the story. Ah, oh, that will make me sink. <laughs> Did you ever notice that you don't uh, actually use Specky see. Rodney that often in this podcast? Let's, <laughs> let's use it, Hunters. <laughs> well, aye. Oh, oh, there, there was a couple of Specky Rodneys that I was like, I was saying Specky Rodney at the episode last week and they never appeared. Nice. I feel like you've been too light on the old we had, Specky we had, Rodney we dabble. We did have that idea once that um, we could get like a, a, a device that we could sit in the middle of the table and we could press mm. a button that would make Specky Rodney live. But if I would that happen, we would just end I, up. I, I would just be hitting that like every time you were about to start talking. Like Specky Rodney. You can stop back now. Spe- Specky up. Rodney. Spe- Let us know if you want to see Specky Rodney live on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we will get, we will find an actual Specky Rodney and just get him to say, or her to say, Specky Rodney. So um so this week, episode twelve, um we are speaking about Envy and their two thousand and three release Dead Sinking Story. A Tommy pick. It's my pick, yeah, it's my pick this week. And um oh, how good is it when it comes round to your pick? Like I was actually buzzing last time because Malady w- was gonna be my next pick and Finney picked it so I had the opportunity to get in with something. A wee free pick. A wee free pick. That, that's great when someone when that happens. You can. Will we let Dave pick one? Yeah, we can let Dave pick one. Oh, you know what I'm picking. No, no spoilers. No spoilers. I've no idea. I've no idea what that remembers. No. Must nice. be. Ga- must be. Is it gatefold? Aye. Aye, gatefold. <laughs> oh, is he picking that? Ah, right. I'm getting that into the rotation now. Then. So um. Envy dead sinking story. Um, we'll um, we'll do what we normally do and talk rubbish about every single single song. Wait a minute. Um, before we get to that, um, last week was Malady, a very high scoring Malady. Um, 
I think there's a, a, a lot of love um, from us and more encouragingly than that, a, a, a lot of love um, online um, for, for the Malady episode, Finney, so what sort of stuff happened. Um, so uh, City of Caterpillar, obviously they have members of Malady in their band um, and they they seen that we were going to do a Malady episode and they were quite buzzed about it before, they were actually asking when's it coming out and stuff like that. Um, so when we actually posted it, uh, they reposted it on their Instagram and they said uh, city of adjacent post and, <laughs> uh, and it says the dudes at Scrams Jams podcast took a deep dive on the Malady LP from 2004 check it out Scrams Jams is always a fun listen <laughs> Scrams exclamation mark well not for everybody you know um, so that's I'm, surreal that's amazing surreal, man. it's the second time they've done it for us as well so right. it's like it's amazing so fuck, big thanks to City of Caterpillar man it's fucking amazing I, I've got a theory that they're only um, so positive about our podcast because <laughs> the score we gave their album could we but not only that see because they're so sound could we give them like an extra an extra slice after the slice? review a bonus slice <laughs> <laughs> but you get a bonus slice for how sound you are were they the first or was it or- Orchid they were uh, Aye, Orchid was the first episode, then Dave came on and done City of Caterpillar. Yeah. So episode that was the second episode. Episode two. Um, but how amazing is that? That's, that's fucking it's un- it's unbelievable, man. You can't even... It yeah. doesn't seem real. So we had... Um, so thanks for that, guys. But um, we did have a couple of, a couple of, a couple of comments that weren't so, yeah. so positive. We like to it think it was like constructive, like more constructive criticism, like speak properly. <laughs> Say things so people can understand you. Along don't, the, along don't those lines. Scottish. Hi. Yeah. Don't use your native tongue. So what happened? So, uh, some don't, don't say the name. Well, say his username. <laughs> right? That's not his real name. <laughs> because check out the name. Right? U- username and shame. His username is Cheeto Dust Neckbeard. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what I like. Yeah, that yeah, name. What, what this guy, but see, I this guy like isn't that actually that's ba- that bad, right? Because he says... I've tried listening to the podcast before, but I have difficulty understanding them. Ah, right, sorry, so that's, that's fair right, enough. That's right. fair enough. That's, I mean, you tried. You tried <laughs> so. I'll, I'll listen, but I, sometimes I listen back and I get to the end of our podcast and I'm like, I've no idea what I'm saying. Uh, what, what, what is that you chat? know it was about Screamo, but you have no idea aye. what happened. I'm like, what's that? What? what? <laughs> so, is there a way we could get round that? Like, could we get a translator in or something? Maybe, yeah. A, a Specky Rodney? Could we pay somebody? Could we as, pay? as someone who's lived in Germany and... USA. <laughs> Let me just say, there's no way. No, it. no, you have to, you have to change. To change <laughs> your <laughs> you, we have to change. And let's face it, yeah, Dave. Actually, you're sounding less American this week. Last Good. week, you had that kind of American twang. Uh, still, you had to change it, it. It takes a while. People, people have said to me that once I start talking to you, I go full Glaswegian. You again. go full, full haggis. Aye. Full normal. <clears throat> full normal. That's what you mean. Full defense. Normal. Full shortbread. So, so uh, aye, there was another else? there was another guy on the on the site of Caterpillar post that said uh, great music, but I don't know why. I just can't stand the name Scrams Jams. <laughs> Let that run, yeah. oh, do you well, know what? This uh, is a fairly con- I, I think the word Scrams is fairly. Con- I didn't realize how fairly contentious the word Scrams is. I thought everybody just thought ah, it's just a word. Uh-huh. There was uh, there was somebody put a thread up on a. A Facebook uh, group the other day saying like how do people feel about the word scrams 
and there was so many like so many super serial comments on it that I, don't, I couldn't believe that people actually <laughs> cared about the word scraps. I thought you invented the word scraps. I think I said that before. Uh, like, so no, I think I heard. I think maybe I heard Steve say it first. Way, way back, way, way back. And like, well, he was, he was on Viva La Rhino, so he ah, probably, so he's probably picked that ah, up. That's where it's been, eh? Yeah. I th- I th- in my head, that's where it came from. It's not... It was to di- di- differ- differentiate between, like, obviously, like, DIY sc- screamo and, like, mainstream stuff. It called itself screamo, like, ah, yeah. Thursday and fucking... Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Taking back... First, Thursday back did a Friday. split with her... Taking back Thursday. Ah, yeah, Thursday were... Now they Joshua, actually did a, they did a split with the bands that were covering today. Oh right, yeah. So, um, um, what's the other word? Scrim. I always thought that was quite funny. I, I think I think that's an English term. Scrim. Scrim. Scrim show. Can we do the scrim show? <laughs> <laughs> right. So I need to explain. Got some pims. Scrim, the scrim show. Finney's feeling ultra. Uh, like, ultra. Um, what do you call it? Let's uh, see. Uh, anti-English. Not right now. That's not at all. It's Euros time, man. We're not playing England all, on Friday. And Finney's got a bit of a... So. With a bit of a rivalry going on, so that's what the mimicking yeah. is all about. I'm sure that where that's based. So purely in football terms. So, um, well, apologies to that guy if he doesn't like the name of the podcast. Uh, my, um, well, you came up with it, Tam, so... You're I think it's a brilliant name for a podcast. And <laughs> I like it as well, to be honest. And, uh, do you know the thing? That post, not that we're actually out there looking at what people say about this but that um his post got a few likes as well so there must be other folk out there like yes i hate the name of that podcast uh, and got do you know what likes, so. we should like i like it too i like the, i like that post as well let's join in it? let's ju- i'll join should in on that bandwagon no i don't like it that's why we should keep it yeah should we change realize the name how screamo jams no <laughs> when some i'm fully committed to the idea that if something's objectionable um, and like we should just keep doing it until it's like funny again. So yeah, we're, we're not changing the name of the podcast, and and feel free not to, um, not to listen. Although we would like you to listen, Aye. because you clearly like this type of music. Come so on, you like it. If you can understand our stupid accents, if we're talking about music you like, then you might get on board. Come but on. listen, there's a there's a market out there if you can speak clearly. And want to cover the same content. Oh, exactly. <laughs> you want to, you want to say the exact same things, but in an accent that <laughs> everyone can understand. And call it s- sc- Screamo Jams, and people will be a lot happier. And you yeah. might also be able to know what you're talking about as well. And give Set a Caterpillar high score, and then they'll retweet you on Instagram. And that's the way forward. So um, let's let's talk about Envy. Um, so, so my pick, I was... Um, been thinking about th- this album and when we were going to cover it for for quite a while now um and delighted that we're actually we're actually doing it envy were formed in 1992 what envy were formed in 1992 that is that's unreal man i was eight unreal. um they've had of course they weren't called envy at first they weren't called envy at first what were they called, Finchie? Uh, they were called... I can't fucking find it here. Uh, Blind Justice, they were called. Blind they Justice? Were band, they were just a straight hardcore band, to start with. That is quite a cool... Like a... Just like a hardcore punk band. Like mm-hmm. a paintbox. Paintbox, is that what you say that? Aye. Cry of the, the sheep. 
So, um, <laughs> what? It's a Japanese. So, uh, what was that? Was they were Google all it. Cry of the sheep. Were they all from the same? They were all from the same label because that was the one. I was sort of thinking. HG Fact was the Japanese label, not the level playing whatever. Um. So, on this was Dead Sinking Slow. It was a third studio album, Finny, I think, and it came out on yeah, uh, on, le- on level playing. Um, and envy as a band I mean I think it's fair to say right at the very start a, a huge influence on us probably as as a band um, that when anytime Mesa played a show you know you get a flyer about the show and it's a, a, a wee description nine times out of ten the description for Mesa Verde was for fans of envy and who else sometimes you know Dinah a uh, maybe. I never So, like a big, a big band for us. A big band for me. I remember getting into screamo and, um, like listening to it. And I think it was just about the guitars. It, the guitars are heavy in the mix. They're um, the the post rock bits, the, the the heavy bits, and the and mm-hmm. really intense screaming. Really attractive to me. They've done a lot of. Uh, it's a band. They do a lot of things that I'm. I'm very much into. So what about um, members and discography, Finney? Uh, right, okay. So discography is pretty massive, um, so I'm not going to go through all of it, but uh, their studio albums are full lengths. Uh, the first one was called uh, From Here Till Eternity. The second one was All the Footprints You've Ever Left and the Fear Expecting Ahead which is also a tremendous album, if you've mm-hmm. ever heard that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this one we're talking about today, A Dead Sinking Story. And then after that, they went a bit more post-rock with um, Insomniac Dose. Uh, and then they had another one called... Resuscitation? Is that, yeah. a, is that one? I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know what I've got here. Anyway, they had another album after that. Uh, then they had Atheist Coroner and their latest album, which came out this well last year now uh, the fallen crimson um but they had a few eps and one to check out if you've never done before is the eyes of the single weird prophet mm-hmm. that's the, that's mm-hmm. the, the granddaddy which is yeah. amazing and yeah, she bought us that boy yeah we Aye. Have, we've spoken about that i think on your on your mixtape on the mixtape um, <coughs> some other good splits the split with scary it's extremely good as well eyes of single weird prophet's a Straight up technical. Yeah. Oh my. It's up there. Um, oh my. So, um, general, a quick bit on the general sound of, um, of, of envy. I mean, for, um, for me, I've already mentioned the the guitars, so high in the mix, um, intensity, the big post rock bits. Something I didn't realise about this album is um, this is the only album they put out where there was three guitarists. Aye. That's which is in like And he left immediately after. Aye. Aye. So the third guitarist. Came in, done his job, fucked off. Interesting. Um, mm. So Get in. Get done. <laughs> fuck off. I think actually I think they've got three guitarists now in their in their current lineup. So, I mean, is it the same guy? Maybe he had some remorse. Maybe he had <laughs> uh, the weight of remorse. Oh, oh wait, wrong, wrong band. I knew you were going to do that. 
Um, so overall sounds, Dave, Envy. Envy, uh, obviously the, the overall sound changes, but specifically uh, on this album, a couple of things like the engineering, the way the album's like recorded and mixed and uh, the way that the the sort of soundscapes play out. I feel like the engineering in itself is like an instrument on this on the record. Like the way it it separates this from all the other maybe not the stuff afterwards, but at the time I feel like they were kinda going, let's use yeah. lots of techniques and uh sampling to make uh, a proper album out, out out of this. Whereas I don't really think the ones before were proper like a concept is a concept that holds it all together. Um, it sounds to me like it's a sort of like I know I don't want to maybe not playing on the Japanese, um, just the fact that they're Japanese, but like a kind of Murakami Blade Runner type, uh, weird futuristic, uh, aye, bleak aye. landscape I get for this. Like it's a almost creates a sort of like electronic futuristic digital. Um, so the front, the front covers like a, it looks like a, it's a, a city that's been digitized or something. or something. All right, so I think the way, all right, uh, interesting. So it's obviously like kind of reversed. It's black and grey, but I think it's supposed to look like a, a city that's been like digitized or like uh, turned into some kind of like weird, uh, like pixelated or something. Yeah, and, or and, and uh, almost like it's, it's been transformed into like a. Um, a weird city behind the, um, and amongst the, I don't know. Aye. Digital things. Digital things. Aye. <laughs> I think the soundscape support that as well. Maybe we'll talk about that later on. But, uh, I but I think like, I kind of I guess I kind of like weird, Blade Runner type thing. So that's the word, man. It's a, it, it, the soundscape word. That's I mean it is. That's what it is. Every every song it's it's mm. painting a picture through through music Finny, what's your thoughts eh uh, I well the overall sound on this is it's obviously dark moody atmospheric um like absolutely crushing heaviness like uh-huh. but then it's like um contrasted with like beautiful like melancholy like quiet parts mm-hmm. and some like kind of bits that are like even just like lullabies or like mm-hmm. sort of like just beautiful little little songs like the spoken words ah, the spoken words and the bits. Da, 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 da. Yeah. It's amazing uh, and the guitars obviously you mentioned the guitars are just like set on top of everything yeah, well <coughs> apart from the vocals probably yeah yeah but uh, aye, the guitars are amazing on this album yeah sad I, I, <coughs> aye. I hear it as a band in transition from like the you know the punk band that they were before and they were clearly getting maybe getting a wee bit older uh, getting a wee bit more, um, uh, they were uh, like we had already. I think we'd already seen them live at this point. They'd already toured Glasgow. Oh, was uh, it for this album? I think it was for some uh, for Insomniac Dos. Yeah, I never seen them till Insomniac Dos. Is that the the, the gig in the Nice and Sleazes? No, Nice and Sleazes. So Sleaze may, oh, may no, have been I've this in because they played the Indy yeah. Iscariot thing, right? Yeah, so, so it yeah, was for, that was for a Dead Signal story. All right. But I, I just, I, I think if you, one of the things I'd, I wanted to do for this was, right, listen to this album and then listen to everything that they did uh, back to back to see, like, wh- wh- where is in the context in this. But um, 
I it's it's interesting to me that the I, I would almost say there's a, like a groove to this album when they when they go post rock, the mm-hmm. bass and the drum, the rhythm section is like really, it's not very emotional, right? And like everything that they had done up to this point was so emotional. Like uh, all okay, the post rock yeah. bits were like really emotive, and then this album is much more like, like you know you could sit there and. Ah, uh, you you can keep like you can keep the you can keep the rhythm of the song going without dropping out completely, and progress the guitars through it, and then build up from there kind of thing. I actually thought that maybe like listening to because the big thing for me is like not not being able to understand the lyrics, right? And so I I, I translated the lyrics and googled them, but the, I found that I couldn't follow them as no. the song progressed, so it didn't mean Aye. much to me. But the I definitely think something's lost in translation with the with the lyrics. <coughs> but I thought that they were moving away from because I think if you listen to their newer stuff, it's a, a lot less emotional than it. So you know, Scrams yeah. is all about the emotional part yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the, the 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 lyrics are super emotional. So yeah. I don't know. I'm so probably reading too much into it. No, there's there's probably I think there's something something in that. Um, I read something on. Um, online from the the vocalist, which is a uh, I'm going to this guy's name so wrong. Tetsuya Fukai. Tetsuya, just go with Tetsuya. And he said that um, Fukagawa, I think maybe. So he said two things about. Um, so one was that so this album was like a real challenge for them, um, and they like struggled to recreate it live and up probably because I mean they've got three guitarists mm-hmm. for the first time mm-hmm. and they're clearly going in a different direction. Um so so that was one thing. The other thing he said he used to always when they um put a release out is he would translate the lyrics and and stick them you, you know they'd be in the LP. Stop doing that eventually. <laughs> he said it's a real challenge to me, like to to do the translation. Because he's like, well, I think in Japanese, right? <laughs> Which is like, so it's not, you, you can't quite, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just like take the words. Uh, it, yeah. it would be different, like. The words are in different order and stuff like that. So, so I suspect, uh, like, it would be really different, like, for, a, for, say, for say, a French screamo band, right? Just write your mm-hmm. song, translate it to English, and it's probably going to flow the same, the same way as you'd expect. But in Japanese, completely different. Uh, I want I, I, mm. I, I just clarify really I've said something I, I want to kind of clarify it when I, 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 I like when I think about this album I said like kind of Murakami Blade Runner and really and then I basically said that the futuristic thing I mean essentially it's a Blade Runner type futuristic landscape but what I mean by the Murakami thing is that like there's almost like a kind of dark comic like you said melancholy and that's uh, a, a lot of the moods that are set by it like if you if you've read any Murakami novels, like the almost the entire all his best stuff for me is all the kind of like <laughs> melancholic moods. Is this just a way to name another Japanese thing. No, no, <laughs> but that, see, that's what I'm that's what I'm worried about. Why you think that it's just a Japanese thing, but actually the mood <laughs> of it, and plus, like it's it's the mood of it that's like um, that sets that yeah. tone up. Yeah, yeah. Um, then. Futuristic thing is much more of the Blade Runner type thing. 
Plus, I was probably listening to reading a Murakami book the first time I was properly into this record. <laughs> and it was a perfect match well, made aye, in heaven. Let's talk about memories of this record, then. Right, go for it, then. Right, so, you first. This was the this was probably the first Scrams record I got any. I think. Uh, definitely yeah. was, actually. Now I think about it. Um, so, straight away, man, it was like, the thing about Envy is, you can't understand what they're saying, because it's a Japanese, obviously. But, you can feel exactly, exactly what they're trying to like get across. Yeah. Um. Like better than bands that do it in English. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um. And this was the first time I'd ever come across like a band that wasn't in English, and I was just blown away that I could still like it. I was like, wh- mm. why do you, why do I like this? But I can't even understand what the lyrics are or anything. But I just fucking love it. Um, so it was like a, it was obviously like a gateway album for me. Like after this, I just pure went any that dove straight any any all sorts of scrams music. Uh, and I think we were talking about this on the first episode um, about what how you get into screamo and all that. And then I was saying like I listened to this for like a month, uh-huh. just nonstop. It was just on repeat. Um, and I remember actually once I put it on when I was in college, I put it on in the, the stereo <laughs> class. And it lasted about fucking one song, and then everybody was like, "Get that mosher pish off!" <laughs> <laughs> so, and there, and there, the, and there, someone uttered the phrase that every single uh, person in Europe and Britain, sorry, that's ever liked Grams hears regularly: "Get that mosher pish <laughs> off." Or first, and then second is. It would be good if it wasn't for the screaming. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, how many times you heard that? Ah, man? So many times, man. There's, there's something in like what you just said there, Finny, um, about like <coughs> I forgot what you just said actually. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, good point. Let's move on. <laughs> no memories, 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 memories about it. Memories. So I, I, I'm actually pretty glad that you said that because my memory of this album. Right, so the, the re- how I found this, because I, I gave it all to you, was I got in this... I gave it all to you. <laughs> <laughs> I did. That's a song, man. <laughs> gave it all to you. So I got in a set of Caterpillar, and you mentioned Level Plane. So set of Caterpillar were out on Level Plane, and I went to the website of the record label that put them out, and uh, this album had just come out. And it was like a big deal and everybody was hyping it up. So I listened to it and I remember going, oh my God, this is really good. And uh, and then I got into their back catalogue and went, oh my God, that's even better. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I did remember I spent, well, how, how long did I, like I must have spent like a year trying to get everybody into Screamo. And it was just like, get, <laughs> get that much of pitch off. <laughs> you never gave them a data disc to be You liked Cat Puller first. But I remember giving, I brought Envy to your, uh, to a pro-ev night at your, at Finney's house. Aye. And uh, you were like, this is actually yeah, pretty, pretty good. good. Oh, God, I, I love, love this This, is, this is actually pretty good. But there's something about the, sorry, Dave, um, the, the vocals of Finney, your point about not understanding what the guy's saying and, and loving it anyway. Like they're, I don't think there's another genre of music in the world where you could um, have no clue what the guy's saying, but like feel it so, what he's saying so intensely you'd, mm. that you'd, I mean, you'd go to war 
for a guy like who's <laughs> screaming down a mic. You've not got a clue what you're saying, but you can. Or you'd go you an anti-war protest for him. Ah, you go to an anti-war protest. That was probably more appropriate. <laughs> oh, aye. <laughs> but uh, I, th- I think we said that before, maybe in the Laquette episode. But you've not got a clue what the guy's saying. But you die for him, like mm-hmm. just for the emotion that's coming out. And um, I envy's an absolute great example of that. Aye, I think just the guy's voice, man. It just pure. You can pure feel everything that he's shouting. It's like he puts it all out there. I know, like, sometimes you can listen to Envy and go, oh, he's just doing the same scream over and over again. But see, like, uh, that first couple of times you listen to Envy, you're like, fucking hell, that's well, I, so good. I, I, I think it's, the, the, well, there are a couple of things there. One, he does it live as well. Yeah. It sounds almost yeah. like no. He's like the best live screamo vocal. It's if you want. If you oh, want, that's a bold. No, pure. If, you, if you want to go to a gig, right, and hear a recreation of the album, Envy were uh, uh, not, oh, not perfect, including him, which is so rare because, like, most screamo vocalists are like, I'm the one without the talent. So, like. And my, wh- throat, my throat breaks every I, second night. Uh, I didn't realise I would have to do this 10 nights in a row, so, like, it ends up going. Um, but he was just incredible like, both times I saw them years Aye. apart uh, uh, three times I saw them Aye. Yeah. three times Aye. and uh, he was just so it was just amazing but um, I think the like one of the things that the just the last thing I've got to say on sound is when we got into them like when exactly they were kind of when you were kind of them and I guess it's one of the reasons why they were likeable at the time this, is album. It, uh, this, this album, this album, but at the same time, like it was probably about this. It was probably about the same time that like, um, we were properly exploring like con- all the, like, the constellation back catalog, like the the the, the Godspeed and the Silver Mountain Zion, and Aye. it was we were already abs like massive Mogwai Post fans rock, yeah. by that point, post rocks, and obviously that they. Did, was one of the records not on? Was Insomniac Does Not On Rock Action? So is it not released on Rock Action? Is it on Rock Action as well, right? Rock Action and Live Level Playing. They've got, they've got um, different and, records. And, and, and HG Fan. So I so do feel like they kind of fit into, they fit into a kind of like both, and it's like they can see where they're both level playing in Rock Action bands because they've got that, they've got, they've got that vibe. Um, and a, a, a mixture of the two, so it was uh, uh, perfect time. But I think ultimately they're they're an absolutely tremendous gateway drug. Aye, aye. like they're a gateway into they're one of the, like like your glass jaws at the drive-ins. They're transitions aye. from the shit you hear on the radio to like the the real shit. Aye, totally, man. Yes. So I mean, cinematic, epic. You've heard every sort of word to describe describe this band Dave's already said the word soundscape and to me that's that's what it is but it is the most epic I can't believe he said he said cinematic and he's and he's actually like bringing up soundscape as if that's some kind of like <laughs> come on mate you try you try to would you call it distract Vinny but where he's dropping his specky roddies get a specky rod in there <laughs> <laughs> we, need, we need some more specky roddies right <laughs> Um, let's get into this album. One more thing. Uh-oh. One more thing. No, we need to talk about the members as well, because I've got a good story about it. Okay, just nine is fine. They really push. It's nine long songs, but still, nine is fine. 
Minus swine. Oh, okay. <laughs> right, very sorry, members. <laughs> right, okay, members. Steiger. So, Steiger. Uh, that obviously, this band formed in 1992, and then they changed, they became Envy in 1995, um, but they had the same members. So, this was the, these were the members um, for this album and for the first few Envy albums, right? So, you've got uh, Dai Roku on the drums, Titsawa as the vocalist, um, Nobukata, one of the guitarists, uh, Nasa Hero, one of the guitarists. Mana Manabu, uh, the bass player. Did you say Nasa Hero? What a name, man! No, Masa Masa Hero. Massive Hero. Massive Hero. He um, is. <laughs> what does he play? Guitar. He is the massive. He's the hero. guitar hero. He is the massive hero of guitars. Uh, and Di- Diachi also on the guitar. Um, right. So the the story is basically, Envy. They've been a band for like twenty five years, right? So after. What one was it? I think it was after um, the Atheist Corner. Corner. What was it called? It was a, aye. Right after that album, basically the vocalists decided he was leaving the band. Right, yeah. I'm out. So see you later, troops. The drummer left, and two of the guitarists left. Right, so there were just two members left. So the bass player and um, the bass player Manabu and the guitarist. Nobu Kata, right? So, basically, the guitarist was like, to the bass player, I'm, I'm done, man. Let's just finish the band. And the bass player was like, if you leave, I'm just going to keep it going anyway, myself. Wow. <laughs> Commitment. So, so, then he went, right, if you're not getting up, then I'm not getting up, right? So, they got some new members and they, they were about to release another album. They were doing some gigs and that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, the, the singer was out in Tokyo just walking about and he bumped into two, two of the guys from Mono. Were you there? I'm reading. This is a this is a, a interview oh, I read, okay. right? Uh, he bumped into two of the guys from Mono, so they all went to the pub, right? So they're all in there. You were there. And then one of the guys from Mono uh, phones the guitarist Nobukata and says, "Here, the vocalist is down here. Do you want to come down and meet us?" And basically got them together, and then they had a bevy session. And went, "Right, I'll come back." Oh, this no was two way. years. Two years about he wasn't in the band. So that was between like 2016, 2018. Aye. So it was Mono that got them back together. So no. now they're back together with like, well, three original members and three new members. So, so, so I read something about the the vocalist, um, and it was it was an interview with him about you know the band now compared to compared to the band back in say 2003 when Dead Second Story came out, mm-hmm. and it was saying like well. It's really good. We've got like a the new members are young. Aye, they're all like ten years younger. Like, well, I was going to say they're all like ten years old. They, <laughs> yeah, they must be like getting well, the youth grassroots. Like their 40s and stuff. And like they're, they're young. They're energetic and they're really enthusiastic for just for keeping going. And it's driving us all along. So, I mean, what a, what a journey for a band. I was going to say Aye. like, am I, we how long were we a band? Five years. Four years, five years, five years, I. And by the end of it, we felt like veterans and like we had done it all, exactly, right? <laughs> and they were, they were just releasing. <laughs> it was like we we had done nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like after the end of this, they were like changing their name and becoming. Uh-huh. And then, like ten years later, they did the Dead Sinking story. I mean, that's. Inc- I don't know. Pretty we could get a, we could get a gig in Manchester. It's, just like a, it's a good story, just of the band like this. <laughs> I enjoyed reading that interview. Just it sounds real like it. it. sounds like it sounds like you. So it sounds like you were there. 
was there, mate, in spirit. In spirit. I was sitting behind him on a table just turning a beer. <laughs> I fucking get in there together, mate. <laughs> fucking there. Oh, I. I'm writing this down. I'll have a podcast in 25 years. <laughs> um, good, good story. I think he weaved it well, man. I think he weaved. I think he spun the yarn. That's that's a good story. He said mono, so I switched off for the last half of it. But anyway, but aye, good story, man. Okay, let's move on to the songs. Song number one: Chain Wandering Deeply. starts with a really sad sounding acoustic guitar uh, and that's like distant rumbling noise in the background and then a, a swell of noise <laughs> grows up until about uh, 33 seconds in then the music absolutely explodes with a kind of mid-tempo heavy riff um, which uses a nine chord progression I counted them. Did you count I them all? I counted right? them. Aye. I done that with one of the songs in this Aye. actually, just to see how because they love a massive riff, don't they? Aye, nine, nine is a sublime riff. Nine, nine chords is a bit weird though. Like Aye, I've probably used the same chord Aye. twice, Aye. but like nine different chords in a row. There's a there's a, a sort of like root chord that they they all bounce around. Aye. That's the chord. Right, so it's not uh, it's not corn, but um, it's a banger. Same number, same number of letters in their band name. True. Maybe there's something in that. I never, I never noticed that the first, uh, the first wee guitar pick, the wee kind of plucky, has like these weird electric pulses over under, it. Under, uh, it's really creepy. I never noticed it before. I always just thought it was like a one solo plucky guitar like on its own, but there is like these weird like sets that sets aye, that that's your tone uh, right away. Your futuristic Blade Runner vibe. Why sliding in there? Um, I right. thought the I thought the intro with the the little. It kind of reminded me of the Chaos is Me intro. Aye, but they... Aye, aye. That's... True. That is a true thing that that you have said. Observation. (laughs) (laughs) That is a stupid observation. Right, so, back to this riff, right? So, nine chords, right? So, the the chord progression, it rises up, and then it descends, um, which paints a fucking like a dark picture for the vocals to like just sit on top of. And then straight away, Envy deliver one of the like trade- trademark Envy moments that make them like a great band. Very quiet parts and then very loud, usually with like a, a stomach-churning scream to like punctuate the change. Um, and then you can feel the, like, the pain and emotion in his voice. Um, so the first line is tired of wandering aimlessly which obviously kind of makes sense that the song's called Chain Wandering Deeply um, so I, don't, I, I never knew the lyrics for years for that but it kind of makes sense like just because you can feel like that kind of emotion in his right. voice for that kind of first line 
there's a bit a bit like that so, so all the all the vocals that we're obviously reading an English translation and, and you know the maybe isn't always perfect but I mean you can you can definitely take from the translation the general theme and like the sort of what he's aiming for and aye, the, the mood I like to say, aye. Aye. definitely man aye so uh, this this the chord progression goes on for like a few bars and it's just it's amazing kind of feels like like the world's ending or something like that it's that kind of dark like kind of vibe going on um, so some of the lyrics in the first section are uh, tired of wandering aimlessly held by the truth I seek and lose I've given up time after time till we understood acquired and new um, the pain from the pouring rain so he's painting a really bleak picture here um, so one minute twenty into the song uh, the next section uh, kind of breaks down into a really quiet kind of dreamy part goes from we had three guitars playing heavy riffs to just a single guitar um, and distorted bass both really low in the mix um, and the drums still stay kind of loud um, and there's sort of spoken almost singing Japanese vocals um, how good is that but I, I love that riff that's Look awesome that, man you're talking about the, the, the guitar riff is the picking is just they do that so many times through this album they like just find a, a, a group of chords to pick them together mm. in a row that just sound sound ridiculous man again like you're talking about the picking thing here the, the, the way it's the way it's uh, mixed and engineered is is just like uh, I know obviously it's a bigger budget whatever recording I, I guess a lot of us the records that we'll talk about are but the Aye. it's a so it's amazing mix of it. Aye. It's my, my, my it's like like the bass is really like not muffled, but like it's really like you can't you can't really pick out the notes. You can just kind of feel the 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 tone changing like underneath. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And the guitars mm -hmm. just sit on top with the drums. Um, oh yeah. So aye. So this section is really just a little taster um, for the larger section in the song. Because it goes back, it kind of goes back. So that's just like a wee bowl of fucking salty dynamic, just a wee. <laughs> just a wee starter. Why is it? Why was um, it not? Why is it not salted crisps or chips? Because we're, uh, we're, in, we're in Japan. In Japan, right now, okay, we're right, fine. About in Japan, mm. right? With some scrams. So I can use the word scramurai then. Yes. <laughs> right. As long as we're settled in that. Absolutely. Um, right. So this this little section then. The drums get absolutely fucking leathered with a drum fill to bring it out of this sort of wee daydream section. Uh, and again, it's punctuated with a scream.
here. So um, I stare at you screaming in the end from a distance. Can you imagine the, the Envy vocalist just pure, just a wee distance and just pure screaming at you? Imagine he, that. I did hear him as well. Imagine it. No, imagine it. He's got the loudest voice in the world. Oh, just pure blasting you away. With, with no mic, 200 yards, you could hear everything he says. I reckon I, I reckon you would be able to hear him. Smash your windies. <laughs> He'd pan your windies in. <laughs> uh, right, so when it gets back to this bit, so there's a there's a riff after this that just the notes kind of just hang out there. It's kind of slower, like, uh, and the drum allows the drums to just sort of play some rolling fills, which it, it ends with sort of a wee stabby riff at the end. Um, oh, aye. Oh, it's been a while since we've had a wee stabby riff. Oh, aye. Japanese uh, Swords it? Oh well maybe a wee scram scramorai stab. Um, oh we're doing it already, Faster, uh, the dr- the drums get more frantic, um, and it's changing notes. Basically, every every strum is changing notes. So, this is a good point, right? Because Envy do this a lot, right? And I know Dave, you're going to describe this as wiggly biggly. Not here, no. Right, not but here. But later, yeah. On but yes. like they do this a lot, like the. <laughs> that but can so we just just to confirm that is what wiggly biggly is. Well, in case there's any avoidance so, of doubt, so, so do you want to know what wiggly? Do you want to know the real term for wiggly wiggly? Right. So, uh, where is it? Staccato? Nah. No. It's tremolo. Tremolo. So if it's see if you're if you're doing it and you're playing full chords like you're hitting all all the strings. Yes. That's tremolo strumming, and if you're just hitting one string to play like one note, that's tremolo picking. So, what so, you if you, so if you've got if you're hitting that one string, you've got your delay pedal Aye. full on and your distortion pedal. Aye, your tremolo. So Trem- your tremolo blow. But we used to call it wiggle. Do that. If you wiggle. have your distortion pedal on it, it means your tremolo blow. I've heard. Tremolo blasto. Tremolo blasto. I, by the way, if Mr. Carruthers hadn't been such a huffy, baldy bastard, I would have known that. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Carruthers was our uh, music teacher in high school. He was a, was a huffy, baldy bastard. He, he used to go like, if you... <laughs> <laughs> Dave, and Dave has taken off his cap no to reveal a baldy bastard. So, like, a bonafide baldy bastard. Our school was full of, full of, kind of bams, I guess. If any for not for Scotland, I feel like a bams just like a... Anyway, so if you did something in Mr. Krause's, you had to pick music. Oh yeah, I'd really like to learn about music and know what music is. But if you if the class did anything wrong, our music teacher wouldn't really shout at you. He would go on a big huff and leave the room. So huffy. And leave you to not learn any music that period. Like he would honestly. He he was he was the worst. Like I don't know how you'd get into a profession of teaching children if you hated. Kids. He was so bad. And music. Like he, I, he I love music, right? And I, I didn't take it because of him. <laughs> like I fucking love music. He hated kids and music. He and he was a music, music teacher in our school. 
<laughs> I remember. He, I remember. He, he had some sort of envy. Oh, aye. He had. I remember speaking to him and um, a guy in the year above me. Uh, it was Ali Yar actually. Had done like a. He was doing guitar and he'd um, for his whatever his assessment. He'd done um, aneurysm. The Nirvana song. <laughs> the, by the way, the best Nirvana song, I am Unbelievable. I can cut. Think so? Best Nirvana song, Aneurysm. Yes. It is an absolute delta. But um, Mr. Carruthers um, described it to me. He came in and he played this horrible, horrible piece of music. <laughs> but he played it fucking not perfect. Aye, you know to what be I mean? fair. Just because big huffy baldy guy didn't like it <laughs> <laughs> horrible piece of music we've big cars we've, we've talked about cars for too long we've, we've given up too much digress. respect Let's on this podcast to the chain wandering deeply vibe uh, right so we're in we're in that uh, that riff where it changes tempo and it starts going into the tremolo strum uh, so the vocals are more drawn out towards the end of the section it gets more and more frantic uh, to the point where the drums are just like smashing the cymbals and making it as heavy as possible. Um, and then it cuts to the, the clean section. It's one of the best moments in the album. Yes. Um, just this one bit where it cuts to this. So this, this riff... It's like a sort of daydream riff, a daydream inducing riff. Makes you sort of think about everything and nothing at the same time. Just you drift away just into another zone. the way this progresses it's fucking amazing so actually analysing this like I, I love this bit even more so four bars with one guitar and then the second guitar comes in with a volume swell now the organ yeah. type thing but he plays this over two bars he plays three notes over two bars and then he plays a different three notes over the, the other two bars um, meanwhile the, the cymbals start coming in with the my um, he might, 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 that might be Tom Hats. I was thinking about there about how he's doing that. Because it's not a. Aye. Right, well, there you go then. You heard it from Dave. Uh, what did you say? Tom Hats? Tom Hats, the Tom wee. Hats coming in. Aye. Um, so he's swelling him up. Next, the kick drum comes in. Aye. And um, then the sort of. There's some sort of keyboards going on as well that are playing. Similar notes to the the mm-hmm. guitar with the organ effect. I think that's the the, the would you call it the vocalist uses a s- sequencer. So aye. I'm assuming that might be what he's using. He's he's possibly using aye. that there. I think that's right. Aye. Um, then the hi hat comes in. The just building it up, man. Um, and then it goes like that for a wee while. And then about five minutes forty, the the kick drum falls out. And then. Odd guitar comes in. Just plays that. Ding, ding. Just get off the guy. 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 
it's all snare work and like cymbal and uh, tom rolls then you've got the the spoken vocals um that that bit see the bit where the third guitar comes in that's one of my favorite guitar lines on this album because it's so simple and it's like restrained as well like it'd be so easy just to play like like a Aye. lot more notes in that but the way he just like plays just a few just brings more like emotion to the part um and then with the spoken vocals as well um and it also this one's also spread over like four bars this guitar uh, part um and then it gets to about it goes on for a while obviously this bit and builds up so about seven minutes to um there's a little gain or like distortion on the guitar but then when that happens he actually plays it even more sparsely and brings even even more which is amazing um so the restraint to do that as a guitarist to like not I believe the technical term is roly poly. Roly <laughs> Thank God we've got a drummer on yes. the podcast. So the roly poly comes in, man. So, eh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this bit then. See when the drums come in and start like kind of rolling like out of control, as if it feels as if like everything's spinning or something like that, and it's like kind of spinning out of control. Um, and then the final couple of lines, the lyrics, like before that as well, when he's doing the, the spoken word is a sound of words so quiet and mellow a dead sinking story we can't take back so it's, i feel like it's just like mm-hmm. i don't know the the protagonist or whatever is just like lost in his own world or whatever he just doesn't know what the fuck's going on uh, um and then obviously the way this segues into the next song um yeah. is brilliant um do you know? And do you know, like uh, the 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 drums. You, you love the guitar here, right? For the for the mood and stuff like that. But the the drums are the drums ah, are phenomenal drums are in this section, and they're they're amazing. In the obviously, we'll get to the next song in a minute. But <coughs> it's it's such an amazing bit. The drums are so good, Roly Poly, Jazzy Jeff. Um, but what first tiny wee bit of disappointment? Is that this is you said you mentioned a band in transition. This is the only time they really do something like this on the record where they take one song and they blend it with the next one. It's clearly like a transition from one to the other. The other ones they do it, but they don't do it in a for me they don't do it in a really natural way. This is an, a such a seamless progression from one song to the next, and it's so satisfying when the next song starts Aye. and it's like like the first start of the album I don't know if they do that I, do, I, don't, I don't think for me they don't do it Aye. there's no no other song on this album that could have been the first song like this one going to the next one it's just Aye. it's brilliant but I, here's where I start to pick apart some things because I think well, you, you, that was really interesting hearing you describe it as a musician as a listener to me it was like and then they just repeated the first part when they came back in because that's it was like songwriting wise are you jumping back to the they, they, they open with a heavy riff 
they go into a post rock part and then they come into a heavy riff and they do this across the whole album and then I did notice that they change really minor details when they come back in like there will be like uh, this I, I don't know I, I don't know what the technical term is but, but I, I said the same thing on the Malady podcast there's some sort of bright picking bit and, and amongst all the heaviness that punctuates it and it's really nice Envy do that all the time I noticed when listening to this back but honestly it's just so it's just they repeat sec- this section is basically if you count it in terms of riffs there's not a lot uh, there's only like <clears throat> three or four riffs probably uh, in the whole song but and that probably is born out on the w- in the direction that we're going in and definitely when the next one it's like it's, you're right band and, and they're doing all this little stuff as musicians it's probably really interesting to keep it to keep it diverse ah, but like as a listener you're like where's the riffs where's the riffs where else where else the riffs I don't see any any faults in this song to be honest I'll, I like the the tra- I love the transition for the for the quick quick pick all the way through to the the next song I think we should move on to the next song and song number two is Distress of um, so I first of all, of course, joined to, uh, but not not as seamless as Envy do it. It is an absolute extension of the first song and the, the drums carry the that jazzy riff and the, the sorry the jazzy riff jazzy beat and they it, 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 it there's a sort of like um distortion what's the what's the effect for anyone something as just no not distortion it's uh, echoing and it just like you can reverb. tell you can die with these reverb and take and you can feel the echo oh, back that's over there just delay delay for delay with the drums just delay right so I, lo- I obviously love the way the two of them are are, are joined by the drum beat um, and the first noticeable thing about this song as well is that when the drum beat's going you can sort of hear like these really strange noises like they're almost like little wee, go- wee digital ghosts going like like that like kind of um, creepy wee Caspers in the internet like Screamo Caspers aye uh, like there's zipping in and out in the machine you might say so what is that what's doing that uh, I don't know I don't know I don't know how they've recorded it there's probably a few ways you could make that noise but you could probably do it with a guitar and an amp and a delay pedal. Uh, like I think you could, you could probably create that noise quite easily. I don't know whether Envy, Envy would have done that. It was interesting to hear you in the first song you'd mentioned. Did you mention there was a keyboard in it or there was a? Uh, well, keys? the vocalist does some sort of key. It says sequence song. Sequ- so, uh, so I guess maybe he does some sort of uh, little uh, atmospheric. Noises. Yeah. Like you could that. do something like that with a volume knob or your volume pedal. Aye, Possibly. Um, anyway, like the. It's got like these wee kind of subtle picks. Starts off with the drum beat, the wee creepy noises, and it's just like punctuated with these like. Like the wee kind of creepy 
we settle picks, we settle base notes, and then it all like soaks up again. Like the first one, it just goes with the the wee electrical ghosts like creep up the they kind of creep up either side of you. I see what I was saying about the the first the end of the first song, but it sounds like it's spinning out of control. Aye. I feel like the start of this song is as if it's like steady like, in itself. Aye. And then like that wee bit. Aye. Aye. That 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 by the way, that bit brings the song I like I guess but bringing it into focus. Like aye. imagine like you were in you're at you were sort of in a daze and your eyes all of a sudden like on either side and and like in terms of sound came back right into back into focus and it just it, it bursts in with that the hook for the the, the big heavy riff. This is the hook in this song. Is the is that riff it comes in with? Aye. The um, like it's a, such a sad single guitar riff. Um, I think it's quite inspiring as well, though. It's like it's uplifting, but it's also sad. If you know what I mean, it's aye. like from like, the ashes type. Makes vibe. you like determined or something like that when you, when you hear it. Question right? Are Envy the saddest Scrams band? Don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of sad uh, screamo bands out there that are like sad because like a girl's left them and stuff. But in terms <laughs> of that's just desperate. In terms of painting like a painting a picture, like envy paint a really really sad and bleak picture. The, wor- the word the anxiety e- came up a lot when I translated the lyrics. Oh really? Yeah. Well, like it, it, it's interesting because I mean. I read some, um, so it was all, allmusic.com, I don't know if anybody's ever seen that, but the themes of this album, according to, to, to that site, are jealousy, loss, grief, regret, and solitude. <laughs> I cannot believe they've used the word jealousy instead of envy. <laughs> <laughs> Such a simple tweak. I have to be a journalist. I better change the word. Ah, but that not be just let's like pull out a thesaurus. Would that not just be like the whole like thing where like yeah, in dubs, when the rapper shouts out, he's by the way, I'm using the N dubs as the rapper's name. Yeah, I could have used it anybody. No, but uh, N dubs, Dizzy Rascal, shouting <laughs> out their name. I feel <laughs> like envy saying instead of jealousy, just saying envy. I'm a little bit. I mean, do change. Do you actually do? Would you actually consider this no, a sad me. album? Sad? No, but it's, a, it's Dave. It's the same. Like, but we we're talking about this last week as well, right? It's the same as any of these things. Like I, they have a the, not no scrams. I don't think any scrams. It's all triumphant. It's all like reborn. It's all like absolutely uplifting in a way. But the sadness is uplifting. In the same way that like Radiohead sadness it, is uplifting, it, it embraces sadness. Aye, I just mean that like in that, and uh, are they the, are they the, are they the band that has that like heavy, heavy sad to bring the sad. I, think, I mean, Orchid Chaos is to me is a pretty sad album. Nah, no, man, I don't know. Let me get. It's angry, it. but it's also. Aye, okay. Do you know what I mean, though? Do you, do, uh, maybe well, we're on uh, this. Well, we're so around two, a different, a wavelength. 
No, but I, I think the really interesting thing about this is like the the post rock parts on this album are not sad. There's there's like a groove. Nah. There's like a groove to them, and and they're good, but they're not sad at all. Actually, not even a little bit. Really? So I do I do think they've got uh, the, the the bits of the riff sometimes the heavy bits and I've got any I've got a sad. Even like the vocals over the the post rock bits, right? He could have done anything in the and he does a couple of things on the record over the, but a lot of it is just that little like uh, sort of almost a megaphone yeah. spoken thing. That's not very emotive. He could have ab- like you you know like when you talk about sad you you've talked about this in a few of these podcasts where he's like there's this like desperation in the voice and these little bits when they mm-hmm. do these breakdowns this is very all produced and very deliberate and very uh, I would give that I would by the way I would I would accept that later in the album but I think for for these songs there's a definite there's, nah, there's some bits later on that I would put into the, the very sad categories as well well, he he actually screams, like the the other the, the last song he didn't scream on top of the post rock parts, and this song he does, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Right, but the uh, t- in terms of the music, like the, the like you mentioned before about how absolutely uh, insanely attention to detail some of it is in that last section of the first song, like even the feedback and the bit after the hook the. That know the riff I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. There's feedback after that, and even the feedback is really melodic yeah, and well placed. As, as, and as much as like I absolutely I think my favourite scrams is, is sometimes the, the stuff that's unleashed yeah. the stuff that's like messy. out of control and messy and yeah. like you can you can tell they can't control it because it's like it's so all going into it good and has I, I do absolutely respect and I do respect's a terrible word no, to use respect's the word I was going to use there Dave like you, I, I really really respect it's like a the recording of this music is Aye. it's an it's impeccable it's like an art form the, yeah. the, the way they've managed to capture a band who play as heavy and as loud mm-hmm. um, with different styles like from the really heavy to the really quiet whoever's managed to capture Aye. that on a record the production on this is, is, is it's so yeah. impressive I tried really hard to find like the name of the person who recorded this album for them and I couldn't find it because I really wanted to like talk talk about that uh, person because I mean Jesus Christ how like uh, unbelievable talent and like hearing this band imagine Envy walked into a room and said right we're going to play yeah. here they would be and you're like and we want you to record this so it sounds like we're playing live Aye. through a record and that's what this is I mean it sounds fuck mm-hmm. it's 
perfect, perfect, and um, uh, they've they've done well. The Bazooka Institute, Japan. Bazooka Institute. Is that what they recorded? The Bazooka Institute. Names for things, man. The Bazooka Institute. Oh, that's bazooka. That's quite interesting. Um, something I'm going to mention later on. So the the song kind of goes back into like a wee picky bit and like signature envy in the way that they have a. A picky bit and the guitar start start to kinda do a slight difference, a slight um variation. Uh, d- a variation on what was happening before and there's the, the guitars kinda harmonise with each other, one's high, one's really low, and they sort of bounce off each other a wee bit like um like all the I think all the guitars in these kind of bits have a, a an amazing relationship with each other. I guess one of the benefits of having three guitarists is that you can you can go like let's all do something amazing together. Much more different to like the other bands we talked about when somebody's going, You're doing the good thing, let's all do things that complement that is that actually you've got it's much more of I guess of an or- orchestral aye, vibe aye. where it's like what is gonna just the same thing together Aye. most of the time actually so you can't actually tell who's doing the bit that everybody thinks is is the mm. good bit well, 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 some, something Finney said on a chain wandering deeply is that that it's difficult for a guitarist not to like just go in and play lots and lots of notes so playing sparse is it's, it's difficult to do like because your, your instinct is just to oh this is a good song I can play loads of stuff over the Aye. top of it so yeah. like having three, three guitarists, I imagine must have been um, a dead interest in to record and, and and play those songs. But I mean, I think they I think they do it. Whoever whoever is the natural third guitarist is, uh, is really clever in knowing his place and like knowing what to what to do, what uh, to do right, what not to do. Probably uh, more importantly, the the bit I would describe this as mesmerising. This bit, the the, the bit where they're, they're all doing this, the the wee picking bit, and there's three guitarists, and they're all like doing a weird harmoni- harmonising bit with each other, um, uh, and it, it, the song just progresses again. It's got the two the spoken word bit, and the bit this is, this is I guess is towards the end of the song after they've went through the picking bit, um, again with the three guitars are pinging off each other. There's a spoken word bit. <coughs> but there's also like there's two voices doing spoken word, with the main vocalist doing the usual screaming punctuated aye. bit over it. It is two because I was trying to go. I thought it was one. I always thought it was like one kind of that talked constantly. But there's two. No, so, so I think it's I think it's the um, the vocalist doing a spoken word bit, and I think there's a sample which is in Sample in the background in this bit. Is oh, yeah, right, okay. You can't pick out the guy. There's one really bit you can pick out which says have faith in something, and you're I like, really that's really the only words you can pick really out. really tried like. to kind of like focus on it and listen to what the guy was saying, but I, c- I, I couldn't quite get there. Aye, but so again, I think it's a sample plus the, the, the vocalist speaking. But again, that this whole like making sure to keep this pure dark comic universe thing where there's voices and they're all in a weird, like it's almost as if. Radio, I don't know, digital frequencies, and this is the, the vibe Aye. I get this bit here, and then like the, the way that the the way the hook comes back in again after that, because it is like we 
We talked about Yaga making you wait for the bits that are hold restraint, holding restraint for the bits that are good. Like obviously, envy are the absolute like. This is where they honed that on this. Re- they've always been good at that. Waiting, you wait for the bits that are good. But the bit where that you said repeat, you're waiting for a different riff. But I love, I absolutely love the the riff. I love the hook that just what repeats about those itself. Drum fills, man, that come just before yeah. when the riff. The, uh, the, some of those drum fills. Are da, 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 amazing, uh, I used to get pelts for doing this. That's Gary Tom who gave me pelts for doing the. <laughs> <laughs> now you know where I got them for. Rip them right off envy, but the, but that like, when that riff comes in again, it, it like it's is, pure, it's absolutely plug me in, man. I'm I'm all about this. The bit, I think I think that might be the best part of the whole album. Aye, like I think the I best, it, like you're waiting for it. Aye, you, you know it's coming, and it, if it, but when it comes, it's like it is unbelievable. Aye, I know I agree. I, I, for me, it is the best bit in the record. The but when it comes back in again, the drums do it. And to be fair, you said it is a repeat of the bit that it happened earlier in it, but it's still like. I mean, you're in the Matrix, man. It's like... I mean, that's it's such a good bit. My only disappointment <laughs> in it is that it fades out to a... It fades out to a soundscape that like I really Aye. don't like at all. Um, uh, I, I don't know, like, what I talk... It's kind of conjoined to this. So I've got a couple of comments about the soundscape that I think Dave might have as well. But I'll, I'll pass over to you first. I've just got one thing to say about see the the, the last you, know, you say it fades out, so it repeats the last line over and over again on the fade out. It's the uh, same line over and over again. Do you, do you know what that translates as? This might not be right, but like it probably won't be uh, <laughs> based on your that's reaction. That's right. <laughs> the origins play frightened in a small garden. That doesn't make sense. I don't know. What that can means. you can you think that in Japanese? Um, no. Please. So I've no, no. idea what that means but there you go that's what it fades out with but I, I dis- disappointed it fades out I disappointed it fades out what it fades into yeah. but I, I, the song is awesome up to that point it, it, is, it goes back to what you were saying about like the way that you liked how they transitioned into the next song mm-hmm. I mean we can talk about this on the fourth song but like yeah. if you consider the next song an intro to the next song Maybe. Why did they? Why did they split that out? And you know, so I mean, they're obviously trying to create like a. Yeah, I I don't know that they would have described this as a concept album, but um, and I think they probably would have said it's absolutely not. But anyway, song number three is evidence.
is a a, a piece of noise. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this this reminds me of I mean, the factory level in Streets of Rage. Aye, there's like all sorts of machinery trying to kill you. Here, do you know what it actually sounds it like? Ross Gellers. Tam, I know you've got things to say here, but do you know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like, see the phrase, mining for Bitcoin? This is, uh, this is what this fucking bit sounds like. And do you know what I don't have a problem with? Well, it's Bitcoin, just, Bitcoin was created in Japan. Yeah, it's just too long. It's too long. It's I, too if long, it was man. like a minute or 30 seconds, then you would, you'd be alright with it. Aye. But it's like, what is it? It's like three minute, three or four minutes long, isn't it? I actually think this is, so, I remember when this came out, I was listening to a shitload of post-rock. A shitload, a son. Shitload, like it was like on Constellation and every little label. Uh, just, yes. bit, just, bit, just yeah. Constellation yeah, posts yeah, like, everywhere, all yeah, over your like face. That. Post yeah. rocks, Hannah's a post rocks <laughs> right in your face. And then the the problem was that to try and be different, people started being like, "Well, you can't be cheesy. You can't be emotional. So you have to write completely lifeless." I don't know, shit like this. Where it's, it's just like, why would you put this on the album? It's die. And the only, like, if you say that he eventually left the band and all that, maybe there was a whole thing where he was into, <laughs> I don't know, like Blade Blade Runner? Maybe he was into Blade Runner. Tam, what were you, you going to say? Something you were going to say something about so, this? So I, ju- I, I just wondered with this, like, like, what is the point in this? <laughs> I thought it would made you give up, man. Like, I, I really, like, I, I don't I don't enjoy this <laughs> point. Like, what what is the point in this? Um, but I mean, it, it made me think about that that front cover of the album, and um, so there is a reissue of this album that's all grey. But the original one for two two thousand three, it it's kind of like there's like birds flying over mm-hmm. a sort of mm-hmm. city scape that looks as though the city's kind of uh, a bit like in, in ruins, and it's like some mm-hmm. sort of post apocalyptic nightmare, like realised and I just wonder if I wonder if this part of the the album because there's a couple of tracks uh, like this that are just sort of eh? noise it's just if like I was a betting man I would say what this is is someone on the band maybe the vocalist if he had a wee box maybe sounds was like I want to do some sh- I want I want to do some songs <laughs> like Ross no, Geller it was like you know they'd be doing it for 20 years at this point and they were the masters of riffs I want a song oh, about 10 years at this point they'd been going for a decade the guitarists and the drummer and the bassist were like absolute geniuses at what they did and he was like I want to do a wee I've, I've learned I've learned some music theory I want to do a wee hmm. I've been playing with gar- Garage Band and what was that Pretty Loops oh yeah <laughs> Here's here's my song, and they've went. Because the, the, but there if is this, if this is what it does to keep your amazing voice on this record, <laughs> then sure we'll put your two fruity lip songs on. <laughs> there is there is some there is some in, there is some actual instrumentation. There's like a there's a weird, uh, it's a keyboard like Spinal Fantasy Seven level like meh, strings oh, thing, yeah, 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 yeah. and there's a weird uh, a bit like it's right. it's. I think the main thing is I don't, it's too long, man. It's far too long. It's too long. long and we've spoken about it for too long. Let's, so move, let's on. move on to the next song. Song number four. Speaking of it. 
I told you to be had one of the buttons I would use all the time. Um, here we go. Song number four, Colour of Fetters. <laughs> first two notes man like what a way to start a song Dun-un. and it battles in with a an eight bar riff finny it's eight bars counted the chords one nice. chord per per bar good shit do you know what it's big big chords but also somehow really frantic i think i should probably just say at the start of this man i really really love this song so and I chose to speak about this song because I love it so much. So if it if my description of this song is like sounds biased anyway, it's because it is biased. That's okay. That's okay. Maybe we we love scrams and we're doing a scrams jams podcast and we've given everything we've given everything above half marks, so we're pretty biased. Um. So what a tune! We're off to an absolute flyer, <coughs> and. That that riff at the start is just I mean it's it's outstanding. It's it's envy all over. It's everything I like about envy. Like the see the the, the like fast fast riffs but really heavy. M- like pretty much all downstrokes in the guitar. Like like there's it's only going one way, it gets you pumped. Twenty six seconds in, everything drops out. Um bar the vocals um, and then a new riff comes in which is kind of becomes one of the main riffs throughout the whole song descending riff so it's the the riff that kind of just down, I think you mentioned a descending riff earlier on, Finny. Aye, it's a kind of theme with these guys, um, and so a lot happens in the first minute. So I think Envy often maybe, oh, well, certainly in my mind. So I'm not going to say like other people accuse them of this, but there's lot, there's lots of repetitive sections. <laughs> there's quite a lot of, like you know, big massive long sections where, you know, not a whole lot changes, <laughs> but. The first minute, a colour of fetters, shitloads. That's madness, man. man. Like, shitloads happen. Tempo changes and stuff like that. It's got the great, it's got the fucking great envy, the old great envy drums on it, I know, man. The old fucking pounding. It's very much old envy and uh, the way that the heavy parts progress without just relying on quiet parts to show variety and variation and progression. You're right, man. A lot in the first 30 seconds. And, um, I actually really like that you could you could totally imagine a world where that lo- that little interlude that we all hated could have been the intro to this. Yeah, yeah. But they split it into a different song just so that you could get that like I want to listen to Color of Fetters Aye. and you get down So a minute into the song, so we're a minute in and we get the first sort of like. I guess like a break, like a, a, a sort of quiet section, 
Um, so all it is is there's the drums, bass, and there's one guitar and there's spoken word, um, so for like a little quiet bit, which is really cool. And then you've got the same two notes that started the song, the da na, bringing it back into the an unbelievable explosion. And, and, and this is this is repeated through, throughout this album at different points is it's almost identical the the, the main the, the big riff almost identical but the, in this section there's like a subtle couple i mean there's three guitarists playing so but there's subtle differences so whether one of them is playing something just a a, a wee bit different like an extra finger down somewhere you know what i mean and it just like adds a adds a wee, wee bit um, of space just adds a, 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 a wee bit of wasabi. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say f- a wee bit of all spice. We get to get to two and a half wasabi. minutes. Um, we've got another another spoken word section. <laughs> How much would you hate if someone reviewed mess? I was like, oh, they've added I'd a wee bit of haggis here. <laughs> no, I would fucking love that if no, anyone. Okay. I if anyone ever bothered to yeah, review Meta, so it's the, it's it's, it's oh. these the ginger scots <laughs> with their with their shortbread riffs and oh, iron brew make, drums. That riff makes your kilt lift right up. Twenty, 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 twenty-five minutes into the Mesa Verde song, they've dribbled some whiskey on that riff. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, for the fucking record, I would enjoy that immensely. <laughs> so would I. All right, okay. Uh, Even just if anyone would listen. All right, I'm just trying to be uh, diplomatic here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so we get to, um, <laughs> we're two, two and a half minutes in, and we've got another spoken word section. Um, but this time it's, so all it is is um, the vocalist and the bass, but the bass is distorted, mm. which is like, it's pure menacing. Oh my god, like man! Stomach churning. By the way, I went. I went across Europe did one did summer, and I got. I got. I got Campylobacter. I got pure mad stomach bacterial disease. And see this bass riff. This is what it was like traveling to Europe with in your stomach for the for three weeks. Dave. Dave ate a sandwich. Jeez. What was he getting? Oh, it was like a ham sandwich in in Warsaw train station. And Killed for three you. weeks, I was. In Scotland, we call it shitting through the eye of a needle. <laughs> so, never eat a Polish panini? Never eat a Polish ham sandwich. Um, but, um, I'm sure there's some good sandwiches. Dave, Dave was there, he enjoyed it, he enjoyed my face. I enjoyed my sandwich. I lost about a stone and a half in a week, it's pretty cool. Tell me how you... Dave, talk about your solidarity with Dave on that Dave, tell us how good your sandwich was. Right. <laughs> you went to McDonald's, and I didn't want to go to McDonald's no, because I didn't want to true. feel. We I didn't want to I feel like shit tikka, later. I got a chicken tikka sandwich because it reminded me of Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> they suggested I never got E. coli. So. They suggested going to McDonald's, and I was like, "Nah, do I get McDonald's, man? I feel like shit." Like later on, and then yeah, you made us go to the sandwich place, <laughs> and I got the most Scottish sandwich you could get, and chicken tikka. I was fine, and so was our. So was Ross. So was Ross. They thought I was, uh, 
he thought I was taking yeah. the piss hungover for about 10 days and then yeah. I heard the hug <laughs> I heard <laughs> I heard Greenie say to Dave uh, and you had I don't think he's just after <laughs> 10 days man I don't think he's hungover man I think there's actually I think he's no well <laughs> I had to go and get a German. Yeah, he had to go to hospital, didn't he? I had to go get a, G- a German doctor gave me a, a anal. Would you call it ins- inspection with a just to check out if I. Had that's why cancer. we always go back to Berlin. <laughs> Aye, that's it. Hey! Try to find that doctor. Good times, man. Yeah, it's all had a good time. But this is what this bit of this song sounds like. Imagine anyway, that. Anyway. So, uh, so it's grim. This bit's grim, isn't it? Grim and we get to a first, the first proper post-rock bit. Um, the picky part. Totally, totally clean guitars and something that, um, like a wee passage of music that um, us as a, as a band ripped off many, many times. Yeah, many yeah. times. Um, but... With the exception of the guys kind of singing through it, um, which is, I mean, it's stunning. Do you, f- do, you, do you think he's singing or do you think he's talking? Like, I don't know. I think it kind of changes. Like, it's a really, really soft. I think you said the word lullaby or something. Aye, didn't aye. You? Like, it's, it's almost like it's a... It's like a nursery rhyme. Aye. Almost. Like, he's not really singing. He's just kind of... Um, and then the song goes on. We get to um, four and a half minutes in. There's like a, a, a really gentle singing bit. Which is kind of like a calm before the explosion. And I think this is like Envy are the only band I know that could ever, ever, ever um, pull that that off that sort of explosion and the song ends with like a sort of compressed screaming like it's, it sounds like it's recorded through a tube or something i don't know um and it's clean guitars which are kind of lead into a perfect intro to the next song so like bearing in mind we, we know the translation's pure rubbish but the end part of this song the lyrics are in sadness a heavy will i hold humbly Turn it into words and show it a little. Reflect the hope and shimmer on darkness for the light reaches. I feel a mind that walks all the way with the darkness. An old memory driven mad. And what an absolute tune this is. Totally, man. And see the, see the bit um, the bit with the lullaby where it cuts to... It literally cuts to just... Just one vocals. voice, yeah. just just vocals, and it does it where it goes, Mani Alcana. figure out which bit that was in the lyrics um that's when i was i found the google translate oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So I was I, I tried to say that in Google Translate. So and it came up with the bit that says the line that says, um, "Dying as I live, I will be." Okay. Sorry, I'll say this into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I was just telling Tam that, like leaning over there. He's just trying to lean, just um, whispering his ear. So it says, "Dying yeah. as I live, as I will I be in time." So that's that's what he's saying there over and over again. It's so it's so funny. You see this 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 song uh, apart from the weird soundscape bit. The first bit, the big change here bit, where it goes to this the quiet, like complete change of tone, mood, everything. Like I remember at the time going like what. Like thinking it was a different song because it's, it's one of the ones where I had this song and I had it on my disc and I wasn't paying attention to when, like the songs would change stuff like that. Like thought it was a different song, and then listening back to it this week, I do like the end of it, and I was going like, "Do I like the end? Do I like the way this changes? Do I like the the mood this changes?" And see if it does not go. See the bit where it goes he- heavy for that. The bit exactly the bit you're talking about. It's that bit's amazing. Uh, un, it's it unreal. That Aye. whisper to the crazy vocal Aye. scream. It's but this is the yeah. really interesting Spine part chilling. of it. Is it's not a crazy vocal part. It's a standard envy part. But what they do is in this album more than any of their other albums, they use interludes to create the contrast more than Aye. riffs. Aye. Yeah, I think that, I think that's a fair comment actually. They so like. So the, that bit before that I was talking about, the way I was trying to imagine this, what I would, why I like this is because the bit before, I'm like my stomach churn, pure like that bit kind of thing. I'm this bit here. I'm just imagining myself dancing about, skipping my own diarrhea, <laughs> shitting myself and doing cartwheels, smiling, just like <laughs> shit, oh, just skipping no. around, shitting That's myself. An image. I did actually oh shit my myself and brag, mind. <laughs> <laughs> just skipping down there. Ah, oh, skipping about. This is brought me back to happier times, you know. Happier times. Oh, man, you've taken oh. that, that whole oh, equal I fight in the max. Oh, um, it made me think of a dead shitting story. A dead, sh- <laughs> a dead <laughs> shiting story. Brilliant, um, man. Right. The colour of feces. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, but it's a good song though, you know? But aye, as a, as We're a, a good a time in that, eh? <laughs> <laughs> fucking right. belted a song though, eh? Aye, uh, yes. Belter. So we're moving on. <laughs> song number five. <clears throat> song number five is called Unrepairable Gentleness. Like it properly bursts in with this massive frantic riff mayhem, the maddest bit in the record so far. Is this uh, is this tremolo? It's a tremolo riff, yes. Tremolo um, strumming is in the is in the house. I think we all, I think we all learned something today. Oh, we learned something today. Okay. Thanks to Mark Francis Finney. Thanks, Mark. Go mad and Mark. <laughs> wow, well, well, on the next song. <laughs> oh, I bet you will. So the the 
It bursts in right, and there's there's like fingers ev- absolutely everywhere. And it, <laughs> yeah, if you're in Dundee, I'm pretty sure this song is what Dundee was all about for about five years. Finger pointing chaos. Do, 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 do. Like. And that's, that's a Mesa Verde riff uh, you're singing. I'm trying to sing it. I'm sorry. <laughs> the funniest well, thing is sorry, half the people This song is what Mesa Verde was all about for about a year and a half. No, but the funniest thing is people, half the people listening to this are like looking on Google Maps, uh, Spotify for Dundee instead of Google Maps. Dundee finger pointing. You need, maybe you, I've never Googled Dundee finger pointing, but it's happening in this song. One arm behind the back, sort of half bent over and a finger up there. I'm just picturing Matt Evans. Ah, my. We spoke about him so many times. I know, podcast. man. We need to get him on. We need to get him on. What do you think he's up to right now? Eh, a fucking man. I have no idea. Smoking fags. fags. He's probably smoking fags. Smoking fags. Ah, n- whatever he's doing, it'll be smoking fags. He's got the best scream in the world. Matt Evans. David, it's okay. <laughs> 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 Jesus. Anyway, right. Fingers up. Everywhere. Um... And it's absolutely carnage, carnage, tremolo, tremolo, you tremolo say? strumming. Yeah. Um, but the beat, the beat flattens out like it. It's a flat, like flattens at one point, and then the melody sort of changes a bit, like and I, and I like, um, I don't know, man. It's kind of it, like it flattens out, but the the, word, the something about the riff, the tone of the riff is the tone of the riff is like worrying. It's like a like worrying riff. Stress you out. Aye. See, like, so I, th- I, I think you're past this point in your description of the song, Dave, but see, after like uh, 30 seconds, there's this th- section where it's all downstroke. Ah, this, this is about I'm it's talking so about. epic, man. This is about I'm epic talking about. Driving. Yeah. Just unbelievable. This is the bit that I feel like is worrying. Or it's like, a, a, I, I don't need the word anxiety, whatever's over, over, overplayed. But that bit is like ah, stress. It's like stressful riff stress with the do. down downward strokes and it's sort of like really minor strings hitting. There's something I don't know. Uh, the worst part of ominous the, about it or something. I think the worst part of our podcast, having listened to every episode, is when we try and sing riffs. Oh, it's me. It does it all the time. I know. It's that bit going. Well, I'm a beautiful singer, but so can I? Can I? Can I chime in as a listener? I would say trying to describe riffs. That's the worst part of podcast, man. <laughs> it's I. It's like this. D- I. Jake people, people listening to us. How fucking dare you, man? Come on, as an invited guest on your podcast. I'm just telling you the truth. <laughs> Who do you fucking think you are? So do you think like? People <laughs> look at me. <laughs> like people, people know what album we're going to talk about, right? So like maybe some people listen to it in advance, and then they then. We put out the podcast and it's us pure fumbling. Nah, nah, nah. 
So it's that bit, mind that bit, Tom. Oh, no, yeah. that bit goes. Actually, oh yeah, I think you should be legally obligated to play the riff if you're going to talk about it. Well, I feel like because I'm always like, what the fuck are they? I like that song. We did, we did say that we weren't fucking experts on the first episode. We said, do you know what? No, but your chat about it is good, but it's just you don't know what if if unless you. Well, unless like you it, listen to the song, the exact song right before you listen to when you start talking about yeah, it. Yeah, but what I, I also forget is that Mark Finney has, quite an meta. has an astute ear and always drops the right. Yeah, that's why I put <laughs> the, the samples in there because we talk some of shit and nobody would know unless I, I put right. them in there. <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's get back to this song. See, criticism taken on board. Just, just before you, you crack on. Oh, I can't. What is you guys saying, right? Finney, can I request that you put lots of samples through this episode? <laughs> cool. Just, just so that I look really stupid. Lots of your chat. Put a sample Aye. over like what you're saying right now and just so you... I think we've what we've established is that more of, less of our chat and the more <laughs> of the actual songs, the better, you know. No, anyway. I, no, a better, a better combination of things. So the, the bit that you're talking about, the strings, right? It sounds like there's the downward strokes. It sounds like there's like weird strings behind that like it sounds like there's a, a weird like um orchestral element to it like this bit here with this it's, be, it's just because i know but i honestly think it's just because of the chords that they're playing and there'll be like two or three maybe two guitars playing that yeah. these like really high bottom string notes that are like bringing the the I was going to sing it again back. I'm not allowed to. I've got I've got a wee question here. Of how did how how did it make that sound? It's the string. It's the it's the chords are playing. Because in an, another song they did this, and you were saying they were playing an organ, but now you're convinced it's guitar. I think it's fingers everywhere. Fingers Wilson. Well, they got three guitarists, so they can do fingers Wilson. Uh, but it's it's it's, this, it's <laughs> interesting that the what you're talking about is a bit more groovy. It's the uh, I can't I can't explain it to you, Dave. I'm not allowed to. You I know don't know what groovy means. Restricted means for me, it means it's like it's you can really that the rhythm is front and center, but it's not emotion. Yeah. Um, about a minute thirty. There's a, there's also a really wee nice wee bit with the uh, like. So I can't describe. So my way of describing this bit is terrible, but the gu- the guitar tones. There's two guitars. They cut right across each other. Right. In, in my in my like weird soundscape because you can't help but listen to this album and not get like uh, uh, so visually it paints a picture in your mind I'm imagining two giant spiders with glass legs <laughs> crashing across <laughs> each other right they're just like I don't know it's wild that's how I imagine it. Like a big War of the World spider legs thing. Maybe when the when the three guitars. It's lovely, man. Section, it's like um, a weird picking 
section, but the guitars mm. are still heavy. To me, this bit sounds out of place in, right. in this song. Like it's it's like a sort of bizarre, um, bizarre wee section of music. I do think it's it's interesting. Like I think it's an interesting wee passage. I think it demonstrates and and it, it goes without saying that the members of this band are really incredible musicians. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. that goes without saying. This wee section, I think, demonstrates that they are uh-huh. good musicians. I don't think it really fits in this in this song. Um, I like it, but I just think it, it it's almost like a different different mood or something. Mm. Okay. Aye, like a different tone. Um, the I, I, so I, I never thought about uh, spiders with glass legs. Oh, I just think that, I don't know. It's just <laughs> a, a spider with glass legs. Where did that come from? I don't know. It's the noise they make the two guitars when they cut across each other. You they can call hear me it. Mr. Glass. <laughs> Is that the Antarctic Unbreakable? <laughs> 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 uh, so I had a wee, had a wee question. I'll keep it. I'll keep it for the end about these because obviously there's a re- there's there's a lot of repeat bits here. It's eight minutes long, and I'm going to skip out a big kind of repeat bit because like they do repeat. Let's wait to the very <laughs> end of the record to talk about repeat bits. But the the song eventually like eventually falls for me. It falls into this big giant black hole. Like it's it falls into where the entire song disappears into. It's one of the Aye, right. Is you wonder what you're getting. Um, <laughs> what, did, what are you saying? And you can sort of if, hear it if rumbling. You, if you want it, but you can't. I guess. Yeah. It says it's if you want it, but you can't. 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 Um. So the. Coming in for a pint, mate. Yeah, but you can. I mean, it's <laughs> it is interesting. Well, game. It is interesting though that even the talkie part repeats. Yeah, but the so that for here it it sounds. <laughs> I'm gonna get this down here. Like it sounds like the song disappears into the internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What the? Like a black hole. It's like a TV channel Dave disappears. Or is it, are these spiders logging on to the internet or what? Dead. Into the internet. www.spiderswithglasslegs.com Spider glass oh, hold on. Legs. The World Wide Web. <laughs> Holy, Holy shit. Holy shit. Shit and Nora, man. We you, you've you're onto something. Dave, you're onto something, mate. <laughs> right, so, aye, but it does. And then for a, for a, a wee like minute or so, it's like the songs kind of try to fade. Like a, like a TV signal or something, try to fade back into focus or... Um, I'll try to just find a signal or something. And then, actually, it's like a real music bit. There's weird, poppy drums and an interlude in itself. Like, I don't like that. Bit again, but what? the bit that it sets it up for is it's what Envy are really good at when you've kind of lost interest a wee bit in a song and a bit, and you're kind of going, I don't really know what this song is going in. The big end, the just the big massive, the two note, aye, 
like the big massive end where the song totally changes and it's a big like <laughs> especially now like see bits like this bits like this are um pretty hard hitting just now i think I, I listened to this song again i didn't have any i didn't have great in terms of this record i didn't have great love for this song but in the sort of post pandemic whatever phase i found myself listening to a lot of post rock like a lot of like yeah, really uplifting oh, rising you out same. of the uh, Yindi Haldag, a lot of Godspeed, a lot of like, let's be good, let's, yes, here we go, everything's kind of coming up again, and this, this bit really spoke to me about this week, this, everything's going to be okay, end. Aye, big wall of sound. Aye. But the, the song title was unrepairable, gentleness. Well, yes. That's yeah. awesome that you had that. You had that thought, and I think it's, I think it's cool and definitely something that I've noticed over the last however many months we've been doing this. Like, you listen to an album now, and you have different thoughts mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. it than you did even a year ago. Aye. even like. Like one, two year ago. Never mind yeah. when you first heard it ten years ago. Yeah. Like I think everything feels feels different and um and, and where we are and, and to your post rock bit, Dave, like a hundred percent like I'm I listen to much more post rock now than I, I ever have in my whole life. For me it's because like working at home quite often just sat in front of a computer like writing Aye. stuff and Aye. having post rock on in the background. I cannot like work with any vocals whatsoever, even yeah. if it's like. Nah, I struggle as well. So like, I'm always. I mean, bands like, um, like Godspeed, God Mono, man. and uh, Mogwai, and all, all the rest Aye. of it. But recently, I got back into Mogwai. Like, I'd not listened for years, to be honest, and then just decided I'm going to listen to all these old Mogwai <coughs> albums again. Yeah. And I made a playlist, and I was like, fuck it. Man, so many good oh, songs. Oh, I need to get on that. I shared oh, that. I need to so get on many that. good songs, man. Uh, I've I've went full blown movie instrumentals. Oh really? Aye. So like Jurassic Park one, aye. You weren't Dennis Nedry. Fucking Lord of the Rings. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, is a total ripoff of Dvorak or whatever, however you pronounce that. <coughs> anyway, move on. Anyway, Godspeed are the bar of the absolute business. Sorry, we were talking about Envy. Right, alright, let's let's get back to Envy then. Right, okay. So, Dave, what do you think about this song? Well, I would say the song starts to really reveal. The, this songwriting thing where it's heavy slow heavy because the heavy part again comes back into and it wasn't you didn't really touch on that at all about how the heavy part that we come back into differs from the start uh it's just the repeat i just uh just like i just a, a, in, in in 
what I started to realize at this point of not listening to this in the past. Because to be honest, my, my feeling of this is why I stopped listening to this over the years was, oh, the vocals are too repetitive. But then I started to realize, well, like, actually, it's not just the vocals, it's kind of... So the, when the music is repetitive, what else can the vocalist do? Well, I just think it's a, the, the, the most obvious thing is that the, the voice is, you know, it doesn't have any inflection aye. and whatever, aye, and then... I mean, it sounds so good. I would kill to have that guy's voice as a screamer vocalist, but like, it's the variety that you can't blame it on the. Ah, you can't say it's the vocalist if the you can't. But I do think there's a songwriting pattern on this album that's not on any of their others, including their more recent ones, which is, let's play a riff for a couple of bars, a few bars, let's break into an interlude. And the interludes are all varying lengths, whatever. And then you come back to that first riff. So you basically get away with an entire song for six to eight minutes, which is one really awesome heavy riff. And then obviously just any kind of picky bit in the same key. Yeah. Feels a wee bit, feels a wee bit like cheating. Mm. I know, but, but equally, if you're, if you're making sounds as good as these guys make sounds, like the... The, the guitars are unbelievable. The, the, the drums, the vocals, everything—it's this like sonic boom of like amazing noise. And you wouldn't like. I mean, I think it would do some of the bits a disservice if you only sort of played them once, like a a, a sort of short, sharp bit. So, so I kind of understand what why they why they've done it the way they've done it. But I mean, it's. All of this is about what our views are and observations like that are quite interesting to me. Move on. Okay. Moving cool. on. Moving on to the next song then. Um, so the next song is called Go Mad and Mark. Finny. Go Mad and Mark. Finny. This song starts with a very simple, clean guitar riff that's like, it's very relaxing with just one guitar. It's like, dun, 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 dun. And it kind of lulls you into like a false sense of security, like, ah, oh, it's just, this is just a wee nice, just a wee nice riff. And then, lovely. So it plays three times, and then on the fourth time, it just plays the first note, and then it just fucking bursts in with the fucking heavy shit, man. Um, so the first riff's like a heavier, simpler version of the riff. Um, that's played. It's played with the full band and the lyrics, obviously. Um, so the first couple of lines are: "You extend your heartbeat, hoping to hoping to satisfactory circulation," which is <laughs> not translated very well. Which obviously means fuck all. Um, forget the body you have entrusted. Smile at the corner of memories. Something has been lost in translation in these lyrics uh, all the time, man. And I did not, I did not make any effort after the first read through of all the lyrics to make any. And this is like tw- twenty years ago. 
did not make any effort to ever learn any of the lyrics because I was like I have no comprehension and I was like I don't want to even get them half wrong but you seem to I wanted to just a few of them I just thought like wanted to just have a wee a wee discussion about and see what the fuck what the fuck I, but I think I think it's worth a discussion to get the whole like but I'm I'm out man I have no idea right okay so we've got that that um the heavy riff to start with then um so then about uh, w- about 58 seconds into the song uh, the guitars go clean and there's an emotional picking riff that's played underneath vocals that have like full screaming such a cool contrast in this like I, I don't know where else it happens in this in the album but like that clean picking bit but with screams over the top of it aye but then also as well there's like uh, singing vocals underneath it oh I never as well. that man aye so there is um, so like that with the singing with the, the full vocals and the, the, the singing vocals underneath helps you connect with like the emotion in his voice um, and even more so because all the distortion is stripped away for like from the instruments. Right. Um, so towards the end of this section, the guitars like uh, do some downstrokes and sort of push it through into the like the heavier section. <laughs> so that comes in about uh, a minute and fifty-three seconds. Um, which is like a distorted version of the the clean riff. Uh, first bit, uh. Um, so that goes on for a, a wee a wee while, and then two minutes sixteen, it cuts to like another clean section. Um, which is two guitars with spoken word vocals. Um, when the third guitar comes in here, it's like painting like a really sad and like beautiful scene. What you what you what you imagine in that scene? What's your imagery so, in that scene? So that's like the vocals come in, and it, this is the bit I'm thinking. It sounds like a pure like a nursery rhyme, mm-hmm. like a lullaby. Aye. Like see the pure. Aye. Everything I imagine that has snow in it in this, like everything I imagine has snow in it in this song. Like it's like a. I don't know what it is like in that. But you're talking about painting up your. But it's snow, snowy. It's, it's nice that it has a melody. This little singing part. Aye. Like none of the other singing. It's always someone said spoken word earlier. Aye. This is actually there's a melody on this one. So, is spoken word or melody? What's better? Yeah, I don't know. The, like the singing bits where there is a melody is really cool. Like I mean, I think it's sometimes I think. That'd be some of the comments so far um, tonight about the guy's vocals. I think they're probably doing the guy a, a bit of a disservice. Like, so his, his scream is his scream, and it, it and when he screams, that's it. Like, and there's no variation in that. It's full on. Ah, he's got one. Time. He's got one. Aye. Aye. But 
But he does have the spoken word and these me- these little melody things. Exactly. So, so he does he does speak and it just sounds like a guy reading poetry, and he does have like a really sort of quiet singing voice. Aye. It's just that when he schemes and he can, if you contrast that with like a band like say say Dietro or Malady or uh, Page Ninety Nine or Aye. Circle Takes a Square or City Capital or something like <coughs> that, they've got they've got various levels of the screaming bit uh-huh. whereas when he goes he goes and it, 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 it almost that's it uh, but I think I think like we'll, we'll again we'll probably talk about this at the very end man but he he is like absolutely dictated this, uh, what he does and his range is 100% dictated by what the bands do so I'm not, it's not a criticism of the vocals at all like, in a way that like oh he's he's not he's only got one thing to do Absolutely not, man. I, but I, I guarantee he's this guy's got a million things to do. But actually, in the context of the song, there's only so many things that are effective. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. Okay. I think when you hear a lot of the, your your favorite scrams bands and you're listening to the guitars, you start to go like, "How the hell did they know to do the?" those melodies with the vocals and then the distort like that's that's actually one of the things that i've taken away from reviewing these is like oh my god like did they write that vocal bit first oh you ain't the vocal yeah. bit first like that, how, how the hell did they uh oh no he must have just or you know they must have just came up with that i think come on man i envy it's clear it's it's music first vocal second aye i agree i i, I, I agree but i also think that why do you think these soundscapes? I, th- I honestly think he's got the best voice I've ever heard in any band yeah. that's even remotely distorted. Mm. Let's say distorted. It's such an incredible voice, mm-hmm. but maybe it made them complacent. Aye, maybe Aye, it made maybe. just like all I, like people love this shit. Like all I have to do is just do this. I guess. But maybe at the same time, if he has the voice, like how many people have got the voice that lasts? Like actually, a more fra- a more frantic use of that. Aye, uh, and that's the. But there's the the the, um, w- w- I guess what I'm saying is you could you can you can have variations yeah. of tempo of uh, pitch yeah. of all these different things, and he. Uh. Right. Aye. Okay. Sorry. Right. So. So he's got his lullaby voice going on there, as we were just discussing there, right? So, um, aye, so it was in this like, kind of lullaby, like nursery rhyme vibe, um, and the drums kind of drop out, and it just comes down to one guitar and just him. And then, Tam, what were you saying? Where did you, where did you record this album again? What was the name of it? Something about a missile or something? Bazooka. Right. So it's the Bazooka, <laughs> the Bazooka Institute. Right, well, that's quite interesting you say that, because... See this this last line? Sounds like he's saying Heat seeker. <laughs> <laughs> heat seeker. <laughs> heat seeker. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not saying that, right? But when you said that, I thought about the heat seeker, the heat seeker, misheard lyric in this song. Um, 
So then, obviously, it fucking explodes from this point because that's what Envy do, man. They bring it right down to like, like you think you're in a fucking wee lullaby world, and then they just fucking annihilate you with a mad fucking scream. Um, so the distorted guitars kind of just fade in, like, and then boom, the fucking vocals come back in, the full band come back in, um, like a fucking heat-seeking missile. Heat and shit is destroyed in seconds. Shit, yes. with this DIS, matter. with this absolute. Campylobacter destroyed in one second. You know what, man? Envy, they've got those fucking riffs and vocals that can just destroy you, man. Um, so it goes back to the first riff, uh, but they kind of evolve it slightly. Um, the drums are kind of playing a sort of start-stop rhythm, and the guitars start playing a sort of like the tremolo strum over the top of it uh, and the chords just start ascending and ascending until like the final riff is like a sort of triumphant riff um, and it's got lots of like slow ringing out notes and the drums are just kind of slowing the tempo down dun, dun, like down slower and slower until like the climax of the song A bit of wiggly, say it, man. All right, all right. A bit of fucking wiggly, wiggly. Yeah. It's nice, even though they repeat that riff, but they change the tempo. Aye. It actually, it creates a, a just a much more interesting song. The last minute of it is the best, the best whole bit in this song, man. The I last love that riff. Nah, it's good. I think the wee that the the changeover for the wee singing bit yeah. where it cuts down and that explosion, man, is amazing, amazing. That's what they do, man. That's their speciality. Like oh, that's the envy, explosion. That's envy. The big explosions and the guy's voice just lends itself to to a big explosion out of post rock. But there is nothing better, man. And it like love it, love it, love it. But moving on, honey. Moving on. Hi. Well, move on to the next song. Song number seven. A conviction that speaks. This is another. Um, Move on. Another instrumental. Another Move on. Is it, is it an instrumental? Move on. Game, game's well, a bogey. It's not an instrumental because it's like a spoken word. Um, there's some ominous tones that go on underneath. There's significant lyrics for this online. Aye, there is. Aye, there is. Quite a lot of lyrics, right? Okay. Maybe, maybe, so, okay. Musically, I'm like, too long. Move on. I think if you could understand Japanese nah. song, mate. Well, maybe it could be your fitter, happier. Could be your uh, life is short in Dugu. It could be your monologue. It could, you could be, be sitting there saying like, you know. Okay, so what are the lyrics for this bit? Do you know? Oh. <laughs> Not that significant. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Look, I, I'm, I'm holding them up, nice holding them up to Dave right now. There's like a literal, like a fucking novel here. So, um, are they? What's it? Is it like a? There's one. All right. Okay. There's a line at the end that I thought was all right. Um, okay. The time was surely beautiful. It had been sunk into oblivion. Stand still as an absolute necessity. I look around, despair, 
and the speed of overflow in my mind. Okay, so, so it's like a, so it's a, okay, so it's a song as in it's a poetry read. Let's. So, so the next song is reason and oblivion. So maybe there's a there's a link there between mm-hmm. that that line and then so oblivion. I mean song the number eight, reason and oblivion. This is another one with the what I would call the cold opener, where they just get right to it with the old school envy. Old bang start. And this is the. It's got that. It's got the amazing uh, second guitar. Yeah, it starts right away with that amazing tremolo guitar, and then punk start man. Like I think it's a really sort of punky. The drums are rolling. The drums, man. The drums are fucking amazing. I mean, it's everything about Envy before this record that, like, is just incredible. I like it. It's frantic. Like the start of a song is like a punk band playing a frantic song. Um, I I think this might be the start of Reasons in Oblivion. Might be the most frantic part on the album. Oh, I don't like. Yeah, obviously, yeah, by far. I, uh, I don't like the vocals in the first bit, but anyway, I'm gonna. But I like up. the. But I do like the guitars and. Yes, extremely. The All the instruments are the absolute business in the first start of the song. And what I like is so it, you know it has this cold open, the old envy style riff, and then they're just repeating the riff. They're repeating the the, the progression, but at some point that third guitar comes in and they start doing this like really bright I, I don't know how to describe it but it's that bright aye it just punk it just pierces through the it's the yeah. the really bright like guitar melody that just aye. comes in aye. as the bars progress a really loud and heavy picky part yeah, yeah. is the best way I could, could describe it and then it and then it obviously just slows down and it, keep, it stays heavy and then it slows down and then boom post rock <laughs> big 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 post rock but it's the same kind of it's the same riff but post rock I mean it just comes down mm-hmm. Um can I say something just just before the post rock bit that uh, stuck out for me? So like a minute into the into the song, like an amazing amazing riff. It sounds kind of Euro scramsy to me. Like so, see when um, see when we spoke about Dietro and we had that like envy envy comparison to them. Like the the a minute into this song sounds mm-hmm. like Euro scrams. So I've got a minute in this song. It sounds like Deftones. That's but definitely uh, Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> but I think, and, and although we totally disagree, like that sounds like the the opposite shit. I think the thing is, Euroscrams means for me like the guitar riffs are the melodies are not distorted so much. They're extremely clear and bright. Yeah. And actually, what that second riff is, is that the second riffs are extremely. You could absolutely pick out funeral diner or something like 
because their Euroscans for me, even though they're American, but like they've got that pure, um, like <laughs> bing bong, you can hear the melody of the riffs. Bing bong. Do you know what I mean? No, I think that's a. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's a. Valid. It's not minors. It's made. It's majors, or it's I'd not. Say this riff, it, like you were saying, bing bong. It bing chimes. Ah, it chimes. chimes. It chimes. That's, that's, that's the one. Riff, that's the one. No, but it just does that post rock part, which I mean, did did you did do you guys like that post post rock part? You can hear the. It's it's not bad. It's it's not the best one on the album anyway. I think you can really hear the, the three guitars. Um, I think you can you can pick out the that there is actually three guitars on it. Uh, so I I think the heavy part in this is really mosh. You know, very em- emotive, emotional, and then the post rock part is just kind of again that groovy like. Not that you could hear it in an elevator, but it's like. Use uh, just there. Like you could hear it like a jazz lounge or just somewhere where you're supposed to just have a non-emotional time. Yeah. And a non-emotional time. <laughs> somewhere I where you could have a non-emotional time. Do you know what I think? Time. See all the post rock bands on this album. They all sound really sound <laughs> weird. Like they all Are sound you really from Japanese. California? Hmm. Like they all like all the post rock bits sound really, or the quiet bits sound really Japanese. I don't, I, I don't agree with that at all because like mono are the king of like emotional post rock. Like I, I don't know, man. Like it's, it, it's definitely there's a bunch of post rock um, sections throughout this album, but this is not my favorite. But you know, like I think that um, musically it's good. Like musically, it, it, it's quite interesting, but uh, it's probably not my favorite bit. I like the the bit at the end where it goes kibo 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 kibo. So I, I I lose interest for a good section of the, the song. It does start again, and the it, you're gonna get to it at the very end of the song where it gets really good at the end. But the uh, I lose interest for a bit. I, I I mean I I the the thing that I find is that the post rock parts and this is one of the more obvious songs because it's so emotive that the post rock parts are just not uh, and this is actually it run through the album that they're it's almost like they've delivered because you know that they can do them they've they've mm-hmm. done really emotive um, post rock parts on all the footprints and stuff so was this a deliberate thing to be like oh we want to try and you were saying Deathbound earlier, I mean. Diff- I don't know, man. I, I, so were you saying they would try to be more like driving or something with the post-rock parts? Like no, keep, just but more, adult, more adult. Is that like... Yes, yeah, Less emotional, because emotional is not always a good thing. But so, I think so going, back to, going back to what the, the vocalist said of this album, is it was a challenge for them. And it, it wasn't just that it was a challenge to play because they had three guitarists and it was... I mean, it was clearly a challenge to translate this album from what it is to a live setting because musically there's lots to it and it's difficult to do. But he was saying more like it was a challenge, you know, so there was... And go back to that bit about a band in transition. Like, I think I think they were maybe, you know, moving from, from you, you know, a really clearly defined sound to another clearly defined sound which they are later Aye. on and I, I, I mean I, you know there's so many good parts in this 
in this album, but there are sections where you think that you know, they're still finding what is totally good. Man. What is nah, good a band transition. Well, I think that's quite interesting because I remember I, when I was listening back to this today, I did think there's parts of this to me that seem quite immature, even though they've been at this point again they've been doing this for nine years. But like you were saying, they went on rock action. They were on level playing. They were on HG Fact in Japan. Uh, that must have been a big deal for them, right? Like, holy shit! Like you were going global. A huge band. Like I know globally, that it was a huge band. I know like, that no, well, go, huge for the scene, right? Aye, aye. And so at that point, you must start thinking, what do people like? And then they probably were getting these great reactions from these post rock bits. Aye. So they obviously toured with Mono and did all that shit. But I do think that. Um, I don't think they were getting that on this album, though. I think <coughs> on this album, they were still finding the sound. But I think as well, like, what they're fucking trying to merge is actually... I mean, we talked about this a lot of time, but this, this, this type of music was actually our absolute lifeblood for... Like, I can't sit a cat for an envy and... Uh, like that kind of whole like it was it was the emergence of two genres that were absolutely our favourite genres. So like and they were the uh, they were and this song is a good example. Like the how, how do you merge that? How do you do it? Yeah. How do you do it if um? It's not easy. If your if your bones weren't actually in screamo, but they were in like hardcore punk, but you you also what you wanted to do was more post rock, like. Where City Caterpillar fell immediately into the, and I'm not comparing them, into the whole like perfect mix of the two. They're tra- you're right, man. The transition, this band are the transition, and this song is a hit and then a miss and a hit and a miss, and I it's all I th- over. I there. think that's a good, like, actually, I think that's a really good observation. And that, Dave, like, um, that, that there is something in that about the mixing these two really distinct genres of music and then they do it brilliantly like as a band they'll mm. always be held up as a band who who, who put post-rock and screamo together I, and the I, pioneers I, pioneers, pioneers, man. pioneers unbelievable man. but like, like that's you can never get it right when you're pioneering the sound I bet it, that's it that's it that, that's man. exactly it you're you, trying it you, you never get it perfect things out. It, but sometimes it just it's not subtle it's like yeah you know there is there's a, a marked difference between post rock bit and the, the screen. Yeah, bit. totally, but man. Anyway, let's, um, but it, 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 it comes out of that. I mean, I think that's a really good point, Finny. And then it comes out of that post rock part and it goes into the. It comes into this big, heavy strumming part again. And then it's just like it repeats the start, um, but it c- progresses back to that. I, I honestly, I, I wish I knew what it's needly, called. Needly, it's needly. There's a little picky melody through the riff, and it honestly is. Like, that's for me, for me when I realise like that technique of going heavy, quiet, heavy. Even if you do it really brute force, is just tremendous. Because it, because when when I listened to this the first time, I was like, oh my god, that sounds so heavy. And then you just listen back and go, oh, it's exactly the same as the first part that I just listened to. But it's heavy. But really after the quiet part, it sounds like.
Tell me we the last song. Here we last, go. Last song. Song number nine. A will remains in the ashes. So, last song in the album. Um, Twelve minutes, forty-four seconds. Something that um, something I think that Mesa Verde done as a band put their big long song at the end of a of a release um for right or for wrong that's that that's what we done um envy did it as well and envy and envy, well, that's probably why we done it actually <laughs> we think about it for fans of envy listen to a <laughs> band to put their big song at the end um so will remains in the ashes first thing to say about this song is um it's about a, a. I think it's about a, a guy who who they toured with, um, who committed suicide, and um, the last, um, I think was it the last person he spoke to was the, the vocalist for the Aye. the band or something, and he he record and so they had a recording of his voice, and his voice actually appears on this on this song, which is when I heard about it was kind of kind of jaw-dropping stuff. Anyway, it's it starts with a, a keyboard and that sort of crackling vinyl effect. It's like, you know, it's like a, as if it's a, a, a vinyl that's got loads of scratches on it. Um, and then there's just a clean guitar picking bit. And, I mean, this is mostly, this is a big post-rock song, really, isn't it? And um, so by... By this point, and, and, and still, I think, um, it, uh, we've mentioned Rock Action, which is obviously the um, the record label of um, Braithwaite, the guy from from Mogwai, um, and who's obviously a big Scrams head because he because he loves Envy, and this song sounds like a, a Mogwai song to me. So I've, I actually spent a bit of time thinking about like which Mogwai song does this. Does this sound like? And um, so the album, I've decided it is the closest to um, a song called Acid Food, which is on Mr. Beast. Um, Mr. Beast being an absolute um, splendid um, Mogwai album. That came out after this, though, eh? Aye, it did. It did. Um, it came out, I think, a year and a half or two years after it. Um, and also, there was another, I've all listened to this song so many times, and especially this week in the run-up to recording this, and I, there was something nagging me. I was like, this song sounds like something else. This song, fucking, it sounds like another another song. I couldn't put my finger on it. I listened to Mogwai, all these songs, figured, right, it sounds like Acid Food. It also sounds like a Snowboard song. And Aye, that's what I've got notes for the start of this. The start of it sounds like Snowblood. It it sounds like Snowblood so much, and it sounds like um, a song on being and becoming. Uh, the song's called Young. Um, may as well have been called Youngy. <laughs> but the the flip side is to say that those songs sound like this. Yeah, yeah, true. Because um, as you were saying in the previous song, that these guys were pioneers and figuring it out. So they do that. So that the bands later didn't have to. Well, exactly that, man. And so straight away you're into this 
it's it's a deep song. It's it, it's post rock and probably its truest sense. And there's like some some spoken spoken word um, lyrics. Obviously, a bit dodgy, but um, one of the lines is "Lastly, stare at the sky and praise the will." And this word, the will, like I, d- I, I don't know if it means something different in like in Japanese, but it, it repeats <laughs> throughout the album. It's the will, the will, the will. So Hi, but like, oh, sorry. To praise the will. So even then, like, you, like, what does it mean? The will among the ashes? Is it? Does it mean like the will as in the the desire, or does it mean the the promise, or does it mean the the will as in your will? Uh, like literal, literal, the literal will. will. I mean, there's I that, uh, that. The world is will and representation by Schopenhauer. It's like a philosophy book. Maybe he's well as a defined uh, philosopher. Or it could be if I mean I. It's actually quite incredible that you you found that out about the song. I mean, if if someone died, then a well has a much more literal meaning in that terms. Mm. So the I mean. The song builds and builds, it's, it's like the post-rock bit building up and building up and it's that sound that you've become a, accustomed to and we, we know and we, we we love from Envy. There's not a scream in this song, I mean this song's 12 minutes, but there's not a scream in it until four and a half minutes um, long. And even then, it's like when the vocals come in and it's screaming, it's over like a really sparse, like picking bit. And the drums and the bass, it's like, I think we've said in, uh, about albums before, it's not in a hurry to go anywhere. Mm. This song certainly isn't in a hurry to get anywhere because it's fucking 12 minutes long. Mm-hmm. thing comes up again and again and actually if you read interviews with Envy through this whole period and and even subsequent to that there's um, a, they always get asked about Mogwai because they're on Mogwai's label and there's comparisons and obviously Mogwai are, are into them the, the end of this song just sounds like a, a large parts of this song just sound like a Mogwai song and Envy, it just sounds like a Mogwai song with screaming over over the top of it. Um, and towards the end, it sounds like another song from Mr. Beast. 
you're right to point out Mr Beast came out after after this, but uh, Folk Death 95, if anybody listens to Mogwai, if anybody knows about Mogwai, listen to that song, and it sounds very similar to the end of this. So that's A Will Remains in the Ashes, that a, a massive ending. I see, like, we, well, we obviously we were, like, um, researching this album all week, um, and then we obviously found that this song was, like, a it's like a tribute to his, his friend that died. Somebody see I, like I never I never liked this song at all. Like I'll be honest, right? But see when you find out what it's about, you realise why it's so long and like it's like a it's like a must be like a cathartic like mm-hmm. for them to play like a tribute to their friend or something. Some of the lines in this are just fucking heartbreaking, man. Like this one is like um time goes on treasuring the fact that my mind that your pain has gone. Because, like, obviously yeah. the guy was, like, fucking yeah, yeah. suffering. He's just killed himself. Um, and then there's another, there's another link here. Um, a face of darkness so peaceful, we got a little envious of it. I reflect my thoughts and prayed for my pain to stop. So he's obviously thinking about himself. And then there's, a, there's another line in there that says, farewell is incomplete. As if he never got to say... Goodbye, him. That's fucking Jeez. sad, man. Sad. He- heavy stuff. Um, songs are so sad. I honestly, I'd like uh, they're one of these. Uh, Envy is a band that I never really tried to do the whole uh, translation with because the translations are so bad. Um, musically, I just don't like the song. But it's such a sounds like a really. Uh, sentimental and touching tribute song, to somebody, yeah. So, uh, and then I can remember when they played this live, and I was like, "Why are they playing this?" As if like, because I was like, "I don't like this song. Is this this is my, not one of the best songs on the album, but obviously like really means something to them when they play it." So I thought the the exact same thing, Finny, when when we seen them. Was this the Ar- the Archie's gig? Um. I'm sure they played at the Sleazy's gig as well. No, they never played at the Sleazy's, I think so. Sure. I've definitely seen them, I don't know, seen them play it live, so it must have been there. So so I think they played at the Archie's, and uh, my like, thought at the time was, oh, that's 12 minutes, man. Like, mm. if I had like 12 minutes of watching Envy, I wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't want playing this. I could probably squeeze in two other absolute, absolute bangers, but. It does. It, it, do you know what? Like, the, the, see that whole, that whole meaning of the song thing. That's come out in some interview at some stage that that guy, that guy's given, and and it just for me it just adds to the. It means a lot. Yeah. It, it means a, means a lot to to them, mm-hmm. and then so. And there is something about this genre of music that I mean, the, the, the emotions are the emotions are very close to the surface. Um, and in all scrams music as far as I'm concerned and and sometimes it's it, they're closer to the surface than, than others but but with this I mean it's it's right there it's it means something it's clear what it means right. and, and, and I love it oh, like, yeah. love it love it for that reason <laughs> it's clear that. no I didn't know that's what it meant no I, d- I didn't know that's what this song was about it's pure touch you used 
talking about that. Like it's uh, sounds. You don't like want to slate it now. Nah, no, I'm not going. It's really a touching. Like it sounds really emotional. You way you've described it. It's Aye. No, I, I'm it's honest, man. Like, I, did, I didn't like this song. And then see when I found out what it was about, and then read the lyrics, I was like. I think musically it you can changed, say musically, musically you can say it's I don't I could say it's not very good I don't like it as I don't Aye. I don't no, that's fair enough man. musically that's but enough. obviously emotionally it's obviously something okay I think we finished the album boys we have okay so let's talk about the time we've seen Envy live um, I've I think I've seen them twice I think couples might have seen them three times um. The one that really sticks in my mind is the Nice and Sleazy gig. Yep. Do you all remember this? Did we mm-hmm. Yes, we, all we this one? do. Uh, Dave and David at this one. Tam, not so much. I remember that one. Not so much. <laughs> nah, What's your there. favourite memory of this gig? My we've, favourite we've memory. We've all got the same one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've all got the same best memory of this gig. Well, so, we should we say the, how good they were first and then right. talk about the encore. Aye. So, the encore. Right, okay, so... We've seen Envy, Nice and Sleazy, it's a venue in Glasgow, um, it's a pub with a, with a downstairs venue. With a basement. It's a basement venue, it's really small, it's like, you could probably squeeze in, I don't know, maybe 200 at the most, like it was absolutely packed. Um, so Envy played this, and it was it was quite packed, wasn't it, the, the venue? It was rammed, it was, it was like, it was as rammed as, in, as like this downstairs that Sleazy's gets. Aye, the most, aye, the busiest gig I've ever seen in Sleazy's. Um, Envy played a fucking really good set, didn't they? They're amazing. Fucking yes. Um, and then they kind of finished, and it was like, like you know, like most screamo gigs, like you don't do an encore. Like there's no encore for screamo gigs, really. You need to kind of explain me, but like, so the downstairs at Sleazy's has a doesn't really have a stage. It has a step, and then up to a stage, and there's no there's no backstage. So the back of the stage. It's really a side staircase that goes up to the first bar upstairs. Well, I mean, so I think that the point yeah. is that you're not an encore band. No, if you're in there isn't. Basically, there's no backstage. There's just a st- staircase that goes up to the top bar, and everybody and aye. everybody like knows. Aye. And there so was a bunch of like screamo kids who knew how the scene worked. <laughs> like Steve was there, Graham. You mean Paco Mari? Steve Aye. was there, Graham was there, and then Youngy. It was like everybody who had put on gigs was there. Aye. So wanting to keep seeing them play. Most of the people in the crowd had probably been in a band that had played in there. Yeah. So like knew the the structure of the venue, let's say. <laughs> so And also the structure of <laughs> music bullshit where you wait for an hour. <laughs> so Envy had played I don't know what maybe like 10 songs or something right and then but it was like we knew it wasn't the end of the show and they kind of disappeared up this side door which is basically just like a like a fire escape up to uh, some stairs and then like everybody in the gig was like where the fuck are they going because <laughs> 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 uh, like why did they why are they way up those stairs but like obviously Envy were fi- like thinking oh well We'll pretend that we're going away and, yeah, then, we and then we'll we'll come back for an <laughs> encore. So they were like up this halfway up the stairs behind this door, thinking that everybody's gonna go, Envy, Envy, Envy. <laughs> but somebody just walked up to the door, opened it and went, 
Going to come back up and play some more songs. <laughs> what do you mean? We'll Some play that fucking second song up there, Scary. That was Stephen John Carlin came out and he didn't say, Hi, come out and play more songs. He came out and went, Get fucking back out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so when they were just kind of like, All right, okay, we've been busted. We need to go back and play some more songs. Know, and then they came back out and played some more absolute fucking bangers. Yeah, they played so, uh, the uh, Iscariot song. What's so, it called? The right. So actually, I was at that gig. Now, I, now I, you describe that situation. And the reason I remember it is Graham. Uh, Graham Cunningham from Cold Dead Hands, vocalist <laughs> in Santo Casario, um, screaming Aye. at the top of his lungs. Play that song after the Iscariot split. To be fair, it's a fucking good show. I, I loved that he it's was singing that because I would normally have been that wanker. That is their best song. Well, it's that or Eyes of a Single Lead Prophet. But that's, see, see, when you go back and listen, so we're about to do our Yummy Gatos. When you go yeah. back and listen to like songs like that and all the footprints. These motherfuckers know how to do. They've got some fucking good songs. Aren't they they like? know how to do post rock. They uh, know how to do dynamic build ups. They know how to do chord progressions with heavy bits. And then in this album, they they uh, they met the. It was that, a, it was a dead sinking die. story. They just tried to. They pushed the. They tried to do something different. Cool. And uh, we move on to the fucking hero. Let's do it. <laughs> Your pick, so you're up first for fucking hero. Um, oh my god, I'm on the spot with this one, and I've um, <laughs> many of us looking through our notes because we haven't decided what our fucking hero is. That's telling though. Um, my um, fucking hero on um, this album is Distress of Ignorance. Song number two. Song number two. Fuck, I don't know. I'm a, like, and when when I played guitar in a band, I loved firing on a delay pedal, and I loved um, using that delay pedal to clean up all the mistakes that I made playing guitar. But um, I, I just there's there's a lot of sections in this song that just do all those nice nice envy things for me, and it. It is like NVR, one of the reasons I get in, into Screamo. Mm-hmm. Post rock, heavy bits, and bringing them together. Um, and that's a song that does it best for me on this album. So, Finny, Distress of Ignorance. Distress of Ignorance. Cool. Uh, G, what's your vibe on this one? What's your fucking hero? This was actually really. This was the hardest one for me because. Yeah, the. So many good riffs. So few good songs. But I would say overall, if you were to say to me, what's your favourite song on this? I, it would, uh, yeah, Chain Wandering Deeply. Oh, yeah. Just the, the the intro song. I mean, aye. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Dave McLeod. Uh, it's uh, Distress of Ignorance as well. Uh, it was ne- like uh, it was so very nearly like I think like 
I've always tossed and turned between distress of ignorance and um, colour of fetters, but at the end of the day, the big section in the middle of colour of fetters where it changes mood is too much of a departure of what I like about that song. It's a, it's a, as much as I love the end, it's like, it starts off old envy, yeah, and then goes, whereas the stress of ignorance, what does it do? The stress of ignorance is in itself an entire, vi- I think it's the only song that if you take it at, in itself is a vibe all on its own and it has the best hook and the best moment on the record it's a tremendous song the I don't know so yes cool right Um, so I hear what you're saying like I hear that um, about distress of ignorance See, before we reviewed this, before we done this album, that was my, that was definitely my favourite one on this, right? But see, when I started um, dissecting the whole album, I don't think that that song is, if you just took that song by itself, would be as good without Chain Wandering Deeply. And I think that that song just sets up, that sets up that next song. I don't think you get the payoff for the second song without the first song and I think the first song just builds up the whole mood it actually builds up the whole mood of the album and it's the best the, for me it's the best song on the album that built that whole fucking build up with the every yeah. instrument comes in and drums come in and every, every I mean I was describing the other one when uh, I was doing the, doing the bit for the song it's so good it's so good and so are cha- uh, Chain so Wandering two and two aye so Songs one and two are the best no. songs on this album. And, and uh, that's what you're saying about it's front, it's this song front is front-loaded. Loaded, front loaded. I feel like this album is front-loaded a wee bit. So we, we talked about it a wee bit earlier on pre-Mike, but yeah, this album is a wee bit front-loaded. Yummy, yummy Gatos? Cool. All right, let's go. Let's do the Yummy Gatos. Yummy Gatos! And by the way, big up to Envy for the Yummy Gato. Oh yeah, and all, and Specky Rodney. And the Specky Rodney. Rodney. <laughs> so, they must be so proud. I hope they never listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> right, Tam. Yes. Slice it up. Um, so I was really keen to talk about Envy because of the influence they've had on me in terms of listening, like getting into this. is the best Envy album so I was dead keen to talk about it and there's loads I've actually pure buzzing to hear everyone's everyone's take on different parts of it I've been loving um, loving all that chat Um, overall love bits of this album other bits of it I mean I I think are lacking Um, and if you hold it up against some of the other albums we've already discussed on this I, I, I think it's 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 a good bit of it um, six slices of yummy gato yummy gato <laughs> oh, 
Fucking hell. That's quite low. I was expecting yours to be a bit higher since it was your pick. Bob. Okay. Would you? Um, so I also want to acknowledge that this was such a... Um, I remember listening to City Caterpillar getting a level plane, going to the level plane website, downloading all these songs, downloading like North of America, Transistor, Transistor, all these bands, and then downloading Envy and just being like, I got lost in Japanese hardcore for like a year. <laughs> and I ended up, <laughs> actually, <laughs> like, did. I created a Japanese disco, disco just I to get built a relationship with this HG Fact label that I've mentioned like a hundred times. And they would send me records and I'd sell them at hardcore shows and uh, for not for profit it was just I was just like I want people to hear this uh, shit Paintbox Swarm Swarm um, Swarm is the reason you did it man you heaven, fucking heaven in her swarm, arms man. like all these Japanese bands and um, I they, they really they were at that point in my life like I just loved Envy but one of the things that I did realise about listening back to this album was like I haven't really listened to this album that much I've listened to all of their other stuff. You listened to the first half of this album. I wouldn't even say that. I would honestly say just the first song. And then I listened way more to their older stuff. Like Eyes of Single Your Prophet to me is like the greatest thing. But I do think this is them transitioning, as I said before. And I just think there's just a total lack of emotion on their post-rock bits and I just don't think post-rock is interesting unless it's emotive I've always felt like it, like Constellation has got you, you've got your Doomixy thanks and then you've got your Silver Mountain Zions and your Godspeeds I would pick the right hand side every single time anyway so he was on the right hand side was Silver Mountain Zion and God Doomixy it's not a visual podcast thank you Dave Thank you. <laughs> Do you think Thank on the left? It's not a visual podcast. <laughs> so I would say my score here is going to be terrible. I mean, I would say this is a for me. It's five out of ten. That's probably that's probably the uh, score Did you not just discount these? Well, we could probably just ding his anyway. So <laughs> yeah, your your three is the only one that matters. So so um. I like ah, but I am saying loud noises. Say thanks about this record now. Let me talk about this record now. Um, I swap. Gonna just so. What do you What do you think, David? I am with 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 some labour giving this a six out of ten slices. Um it's not because I um like it's not because I don't absolutely res- understand and respect the influence that this record had on me, by the way. And on everything else that, like, I think for this record, I don't think I don't think I've got anything to do with any. I've got any. I, I'm not, I'm never playing in any band. I think without this record, I'm not playing in a band, right? Mm-hmm. I think without this record, I'm not a screamo drummer ever. 
hundred percent. I understand and recognise the importance of this record for uh, all my experiences in a band. Because without it, people that I was playing with wouldn't have liked Screamo. And do you know what I mean? That's where this record lies in terms of importance for me. But if you're asking me so to sit ten, and talk about... 10 out of 10 importance. Oh, uh, yeah. M- more important than City Caterpillar, but more important than any other record. I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Right? More important than any other record. I don't... I'm not... I've never learned how to... What's it? Never, never... I've never drummed hardcore. I've never done all that stuff if it's not for this record. Never played in front of hundreds of people. Right? Never been a drummer for a screamo band if it's not for this record. When did you play in front of hundreds of people? <laughs> Mo- mono. Black channels. Do you know what I mean? Like so what's your score, David? So what's your score, eh? Six out of ten. Six slices. Six. I, I don't think this record... I think if we all have this view, we don't, we don't have to worry about it. Everyone else will have the same. Right, so Mark, I, I'm, Mark I'm just Francis saying, Finney. musically, if, I go, if, like, if I'm revisiting this now, and I'm properly thinking about how good I think this record is, I'm giving it a 6 out of 10. It does, it's not, it's not, um, it's musically beautiful and stuff, but it just doesn't do it for me now. And uh, I think I'm sleeping. So six five six. Alrighty. Right for me. Um. No, I kind of like I kind of fell I kind of fell out of love with this album for a for a long while, but like, listen to it again. I kind of remembered like what I loved about it, and um. But although I did not love it as much as I used to, and I I recognise that like, it has got its its place. But then again, what you were saying, Dave, man, like, we would have never fucking... See, like, see no. when I listen to this album, I, I can hear so many, like, styles of of my yeah. own, like, guitar playing oh, yeah. in this. I can it, hear Charles drumming? Ambler. Uh, drumming? Dr- and you're drumming as well. I, uh, and and also, your vocals as well, man, especially on, like, the demo. Like, um... I mean, that's the thing, you, like... You evolved, obviously, after that, but, like, the, the demo, like, you were... You, you were Kinda going for the envy style, weren't you? I just want—I mean, he's got such an incredible voice. I just wanted to sound like him. Aye, and why is so it drum like him? You wanted to play guitar like I him. I wanted to play guitar like envy man, and, and I think I think we kind of we kind of well we didn't we got there, but we we tried to do it and we got we got somewhere near it, whatever. Um, but no, I still I still like this album. I still like this album, and I still there's still points where it, it gets me, man. There's bit see the bits where it's like the quiet bit and then it goes to the fucking uh, heavy yeah. bit. I still, I still what? feel it. I can still feel that like when what I you heard felt it. originally, yeah. The original yeah. feeling when I when I heard it the first time, I can still remember that. So for me, it's a seven. I'm giving that seven slices. So there we go. So that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> it's a pure. Oh my god, this is the first time we've ever been like, oh god, we're it's, all... It's, um, it's, it's, um, I don't know, like, it's, it's weird because we all know that we, at one point, we all fucking loved this album, uh, didn't we? I know. This was a 10 out of 10 at one point. Like, at one point, we all fucking it's loved this album. Well, is it a breakup? So this, I'm, I'm, I'm questioning that and that. I loved, I loved the first 
six songs on this record, ten out of they ten. Had, the, the, the first four they, songs, ten out of they ten. They had a decade's worth of albums to listen to when we found them. That's uh, the difference between them and a lot uh, of other bands, is we could hear their greatest hits when, you know, City Cat Baller had one album and one demo. But that fucking one record just, just pure f- is kicking and screaming. Mo- t- like ten times more than this one is. I mean, you, all of your features are based on this band. We clearly love Aye, them. So there you go. Yeah. We clearly love Envy, man. Like Envy are but fucking one awesome thing that band, I did. Th- th- it was the thing yeah. I listened, Aye, I listened yeah. to all their shit in a row, and I did think that oh my god, their chord progressions. They're so what, memorable. The heavy parts like, in their previous stuff to this were yeah. all like they well, could write a song. Maybe we we'll, we probably will are going to end up reviewing. We oh, need to review earlier in their stuff because. Um, because. Oh, it's a bit weird. Actually. But I think I think in general terms though. Like, so whose who's pick is next? It's David McLeod's. And I haven't decided yet. Well, that's, that's part of the. It's part of the fun. No, wait a minute. It's actually. You get a wee guest pick, son. No, because I've already said what I'm going to pick, so you should do it next. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay, so that's the end of the Mother Flexing podcast. Okay, so um, all that's left for us to say is if you want to follow us on Twitter, follow us at. Scram's P. <laughs> yeah, babe. If you want to follow us on Instagram, follow us at. Scram's Jams. And if you want. And if you want to follow us on <laughs> Facebook, follow at, us at... At Scrams Jams, a Screamo podcast. And if you want yes. the fucking Scotland to win the Euros, say... Hey-o! I'll be coming. I'll be coming. I'll be coming down the road.